Hey, all you beautiful people. My name is Brock Urich. I'm a writer, actor, and uh, overall gym douchebag. And uh, we're going to talk about some nerdy, fun, awesome things today. Uh, and you're listening to The Points of Experience. Oh, boy. We're about to have one of my oldest... <sighs> closest uh friends in this industry on the podcast um you know brock oh oh well, that's awkward i thought well yeah oh, oh, oh gosh yeah okay jeez all right listen you're my yeah. blood dude i can't no, it's totally fine you know it's totally fine it's a different it's a different scenario listen brock story. brock totally. urich who we're having on the show <laughs> he uh he worked on um a lot of things that i've done he is such a great person uh a fantastic actor writer director as we've we've just heard and, and seen, um, his short film test was um, where I really got to learn uh, that he is a filmmaker, and that's the way I look at him. Him and I look at people like myself, people who care about the storytelling art form. And he he he's not he's the whole deal. He's the real the real deal, the real package. Uh, like me, loved like love the way that the Duplass brothers approach filmmaking and storytelling, and you know you're being an actor and you write things for yourself and making great content. But m me and Brock, like we've known each other in New York, and we just keep crossing paths in different ways. And now he's he's out here in L.A. Uh, my gosh, this conversation, Joe. What were your big takeaways that people can look forward to on this one, huh? Just like every, honestly, if I'm being honest, everything. Just such a humble, like, dude that just lots of gold, gold advice and stuff going on, and it it's a great one, honestly. Like, they're all great. It's just like I love the differing paradigms we get week yeah. after week. It's well, he's the first. He's the first kind of filmmaker we're having on. Where uh, I mean, first of all, yeah, like you said, his his personality is just magnetic and. I, I talk about it a lot, but he he is a physical specimen, and he, you yeah. can just if there's anything to be said about his dedication to his own fitness is that how that's how he approaches kind of everything he does. He's committed to all of his crafts, and the, I love the beginning of the episode because we talk about we show some really nerdy stuff, and it's really fun. Yeah. So if you like video games and you like, uh, it's, it's just not fair. It's like oh, you look like that, and you can create nerdy sculptures. Like fuck, man. Like what am I doing wrong? Yeah, he I be that. It, it's like the you know the he's hell? he's gonna be a superhero honestly I think Brock is gonna become a, yeah. a, a superhero and it's gonna be um, and not like a the boys superhero like a no. like a real like righteous one you know yeah Marvel or DC <laughs> someone's gonna scoop him up and yeah, he's yeah. gonna be an absolute like the boys is superhero. awesome don't don't get me wrong but oh yeah know, I mean he could you know uh, like listen he could be Billy the like Butcher a, yeah I mean, I mean it's just not really fair. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. But this is a, such a great episode. <laughs> if you're interested in acting, directing, uh, writing, producing, making your own stuff, staying in shape, um, finding opportunities, you know, utilizing social media, uh, everything, being a nerd, like there's so much yeah. in this episode. Really, it is. It is the full package. We we've got we go the distance here. Um, so. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already. This is a wonderful opportunity in time. Our intro, it, it has enough time for you to do that. So quickly go to your phone, go to the review area, leave us whatever stars you think suitable. Write some nice things. Write some cool things about Brock, about how amazing of a guest Brock is after the, this episode's done because he is fantastic. And uh, Also, uh -huh. 
if you have more than one finger, which, you know what? I'm not going to say it because there could be someone with no fingers listening. Okay. But if you have one plus fingers, you can like the video. Yes. So, that being said, actually, if you don't have fingers, you can still punch. You can you can set up the mouse yeah. and punch the mouse at the like button. So, yep. there's no excuses. Really, like there's the not. Like damn video. Really would help us, for real. Everyone who's listening, thank you. Just thank you for being uh, a poxer. A poxers, poxers, poxers are here in, in so. full force, and we appreciate your support. Um, yeah, we got Brock Urich on here, a, a fantastic person. You are in for many treats. Uh, here we go, Brock Urich, points of experience. <laughs> I'm just noticing your shirt, and I love I it. I wore this for you. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Dude, wait, hold on. Did you cut the sleeves off of that? Or is that of the Of course I did. I did. I, I, ooh, 92. I actually love that shirt. Where did you get that shirt? Target. What? Target's got them sleeper shirts lately, dude. They wow. Good stuff. Dude, I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. So, dude, like, I didn't, I mean, obviously I knew this, but, um, we're going to jump a, a quick hair here now. Uh, I obviously knew you enjoyed games because we worked on a show together that I wrote that was about yes. games and stuff. But I yes. feel like I've I've truly mm. seen your nerd come to life, whether it's through the statues that you're painting or just getting to like having since we've done that because that was so many years ago, you yeah. know, your love for Star Wars and all that stuff. Like, have you always yeah. been or, is it, or has it been evolving over the years? Oh, man. Uh, okay. So, like I said, so as a kid... Here's okay. Here's the thing. People, when they see me doing all this stuff, they're like, "Oh, you're a gamer," and I'm like, "Eh, no, I don't have a PS5. I don't get hyped about like the new, like fancy, awesome, crazy, like badass games. I've got a Super Nintendo, and I'm playing Yoshi's Island right now. Like I'm, ah. I'm so I'm stuck in the '90s. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I have, but but I yes, I do enjoy video games. I don't enjoy every video game i kind of yeah. i have a very like i have a very eclectic kind of taste like i i love my super nintendo i love tomb raider and i can't think of anything else off the top like I, oh uncharted was my gig like yeah i love i like that kind of game um but like yeah i i love i'm i'm a, I'm a nostalgia guy yeah. And but I've always been yes, as a kid I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars toys more than Star Wars. <laughs> I love Star Wars toys. They make me so when I walk into a store and I see Star Wars toys, I'm like I I don't need anything else. But do you like the the statue aspect of it or do you like the flip? Did you like playing with it? Did you like the painting of it? What did you like about the toys or just have collecting them? So okay, so I, I, I yeah, I guess it's the art, the artistry, the interpretation of the toy, but it's also um, uh, I actually okay. So I, I recently went to Galaxy's Edge and, and Star Wars. I went to, to Disney, and yeah. I swear to God, I thought I had died and gone to heaven. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. I haven't gone. And yet. oh man, it is Paul. It is the truly the coolest thing you'll ever see. I've been, mm. I've traveled, I've seen cool stuff. I've been to the Eiffel Tower. I've been to the Louvre. I've seen. I've been to Italy once. I went to Italy one time, and it was really cool. Nothing was as cool as Galaxy's <laughs> Edge. Oh, I'm so like, jealous. So, oh my god, it was crazy. Go, yeah. What, what was your What was your favorite part? 
I mean, just walking up and seeing the Millennium Falcon right there. Yeah, like that. Life-size Millennium Falcon is just like the most insane feeling in the world. It you feels like, like a cast. You feel like you, I feel like I'm a cast in a Star Wars movie, and it's like, all right, we're going to set. That's what it felt like. Yeah. And God. yeah. And so, so I wrote on this post, I posted the pictures on Instagram and I told this little story about how when I was a kid, my parents moved me from one school to the next, uh, in second grade. And I, you know, moving as a kid is hard. Changing schools is really hard, but I, and I couldn't really connect with the other boys. Um, and, and I was like kind of a weirdo, but I realized that they like Star Wars toys and I like Star Wars toys. So that was the one thing that we had in common. So I really was like, I, we would sit and play with Star Wars toys on the bus and we would like play, you know, like come out, like, like, like go to kids have a kid's house after school and like play with, with toys. And they had like the little play sets. Do you remember the play sets with the heads that like the, the stormtrooper head that would come down? Yes. And the yes. I had, head I had that would come down. Yeah, Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah. All I wanted for like three three birthdays in a row, I was like, just Star Wars toys. Just give me Star Wars toys. And so when I was 20, my dumb ass, my mom was like cleaning out the basement. She's like, what do you want me to do with all these Star Wars toys? And I'm like, toss them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid Brock. So I'm now on a mission to sort of rebuild my collection because mm-hmm. now I have like – I'm not a broke – college kid i have i have like a job and i'm like i'm gonna spend my i'm kids so i'm like treat yourself treat yourself but yeah like I, as I, I like then when covid hit i was like hanging at home and i got so bored i was like i've always wanted to make action figures and make figurines and now i'm gonna i want to learn how to do it and so i did and actually like this was yeah bring some this, of these out because some of them yeah. are freaking fantastic man this used to be a deadpool and i painted his face i i sculpted new hair and i like i i added leather straps and like me and my friend made his outfit and i turned him into ricky maru from tetsu yeah. and so then good. thank you and then um like uh where's she at oh here miss croft uh I, this used to be a spider gwen and then I, I made it a mission to like turn her into Lara Croft. So I like, I, I ordered these hands off of eBay. Mm-hmm. They just have hands. You I just know. buy hands. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I sculpted the hair. I, like my, my parents came into my apartment and they were like, they saw like doll heads and shit like that. They're like, <laughs> this is the starting Bart. of making a murderer or whatever, you know? <laughs> you okay? like, it's part of the process. Don't judge me. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah. So then my little brother got really heavy into 3d printing and, uh, he can pop out anything that he wants. And there's just like all these little figurines. And I was like, and as a kid, my mom painted ceramics and I love oh. painting ceramics. This is, and I'm like, this is just what it is. It's just painting ceramics, but they don't shatter when you drop them on the ground. <laughs> so like my little brother 3d printed me Mario. That's so good, just, dude. I want that. <laughs> Oh my god! Right, like I painted, I painted him, homeboy. Like it's like the, so good. It's the most zen thing. It's oh yeah. here, here we go. So then, like my little brother painted me this, or he printed me this, and then I painted him. So we got a little, we got Mr. Link, oh, god, and so you, good. you were the one who who showed me how to play emulators online during yes. COVID. Yes. I said that's a- there was, that, it was or 
Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages. When I was 10 years old, I, they, those games were so hard, I could not figure them out. And they've been haunting me for 20 years. <laughs> so I, you, you showed me how to play them. And I was like, I, I, I played them all through 2020. And yeah. it was the funnest thing ever. So this is my little, this is my little, um, my homage to Link saving my life during COVID. So this all, this all, uh, so uh, all amazing, and you are so talented at that, and that's why I have this cloud, and I haven't gotten around to it, and you're really inspiring me because I want to paint this, and I haven't gotten around to doing it yet from Final Fantasy, uh, oh, and yeah. this was 3D printed, and I, I want to get into that stuff, but I was telling you, I'm not a very like uh, mm. meticulous person, and it, and I'm very jealous of how meticulous mm. and precise you are, and it all looks so clean, and that's like I think. Because anybody can paint a figurine, anybody can print a, a 3D thing, and anyone can like do that theoretically. But it's like any kind mm -hmm. of art form. Your attention mm -hmm. to detail and how meticulous it is is why I'm so jealous. And how even with the not just the painting, but it's also like the outfits and the garb. It's like you're not just you know uh, like oh I like this and I'm making it. It's like I'm making this a piece of art, something that I can enjoy and I can display. And I'm like yeah. every second. I the other day when you were over here, I went on Amazon. I was like I'm like I gotta buy a uh, a paint kit. I wanted to buy an acrylic. Uh, thing well, and yeah i want to you know i'm just jealous dude no but like you can do it and that like let me see that figurine really quick can, can yeah. i see him absolutely like, so it's all hard edged right yes like, it's, it's all, a like, polygon edges polygon yeah. yeah exactly oh my god dude that'd be so because the lines are so hard that would be a really good starter paint because it's literally like you just paint the little squares yeah it's it's not it's not as complicated as like something a little bit more like soft like like fucking like Link was a Link this was not this was like pretty that's intense, what I'm saying but, though that looks amazing but, but that's but that polygon is like you got like you can do it it's just go to Michaels pick out the uh -huh. paints you want and then get a couple get a little paintbrush kit and and then uh, then what you do is you buy um, this stuff. Semi-gloss clear. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll send all this to you in a text. Please. Um, yeah. I'm not sponsored. But, uh, <laughs> you're going to be, <laughs> dude. You keep posting those, you're going to be. Yeah. Rustoleum, Give me that check. Send that Venmo. <laughs> send that Cash App. Send that PayPal. <laughs> yeah. Get them uh, Instagram real bit or whatever they pay over there on Instagram, yeah. right? <laughs> but the, the true magic, the true, true magic is antiquing. Mm. And when you, you know, like, like when it comes to like Link's hair, this is the best part. So when you spray, when you, I paint the whole thing one color uh -huh. and then I spray, I spray it with the semi-gloss clear primer and that sort of puts a protective, the protective layer over it and it makes it shiny and hard. So like if I were to scratch it, you can't scratch the paint off. There's a protective layer uh -huh. and then you let it dry and then you paint over the entire yellow with like this really thin, specific antiquing brown paint and you cover every crack and then you wipe away with a, with the washcloth and the brown stays in the cracks oh. and, and that's where you get that little shading from. And that's why it looks, it looks like it has some dimension and some, some yes. life to it. I so it's not just that. one solid color. Yeah. It's and even the so distressing you did fun. on the Star Wars bit on that R2-D2 that you showed me, like that's the oh. stuff that I was so jealous about because it looks that, you know, you're creating a scene and it's, it's, it's so, I mean, I know I'm making you probably pull something out right now, but. Oh, I'm happy uh, to. Oh yeah. That yeah. I loved. So, like, so yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah, amazing. This is the, 
this is R2. Yeah, so I just, I took, what I did was I took a toothbrush and I dipped it in brown paint. If you can see, like, I painted yes. it perfect. Like, I, I painted like a, a good R2-D2, like a, like a clean R2-D2. And then you can see in the cracks here, I did the antiquing. Like, you can see where the brown, the, the brown is. So mm -hmm. I painted them all brown and then I wiped away and the brown stays in the cracks where the cloth doesn't touch. Yeah. But then to get, to get the dirt, I took a, a toothbrush with the brown paint and I speckled and I go like that, like boom, 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 like that. And yeah. it like, it flicks little spots on him and it makes him look like he's been dirty in the swamps. Yeah. And, uh, oh. and, and this is like, you can definitely see the, the antiquing with Yoda. Um, yeah, yeah. Like this is so like all those little creases, those came from just antiquing. And, um, yeah, I paint him all so green. Good. Thank you. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, oh, and then this is my final, this is my fucking swan song. This fucker. Let's can I see. swear on this thing? Yes, you can. Okay. If people are learning uh, swear little... words here for the first time, then I, I, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little, you shouldn't be listening to a podcast. I to be a role model. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I know what this is right here. Yeah. Yeah. My little brother 3D printed this. Like oh this, gosh. this thing came out of his bedroom. How crazy is that? I it th just like 3D printers are one of the coolest things to ever like be a, a commercial purchase that somebody randomly can just be like, hey, my faucet's broken. I'm gonna print out the little cube that I need to to fix it. Like what? And you yeah. can make figurines, you can make swords, you can make helmets. I saw a guy who makes like I don't know if you've seen this guy like on Instagram and TikTok. He makes like full Iron Man outfits and stuff. Uh, oh, and just making a stormtrooper outfit right now. I'm so jealous. Yeah. I'm so jealous. Yeah. My little, and then he, um, my little brother 3D printed me this. Oh my god. Oh my this is, gosh. This was basically free. Wow. You know, like, except for the, for the cost of the materials, like, and yeah. I just spray painted it silver. Yeah. And it's the coolest uh, thing. And that would ever. cost, you know, 80 bucks, 100 bucks otherwise. Totally. Yeah, that's so cool. So, I mean, dude, and, and to, to get back to my first point here, obviously, yeah, like you may not consider yourself a gamer or a, a nerd, but I think that's what I classify somebody who is in, enjoys the the nerdy parts yes. of, of, you know, so I'm like that's nerd. Yeah. And, and, and I, yeah, no, I just, I've always, um, it's been so funny to see like, and you know, you playing, you know, doing the Pokemon stuff and, and Zelda. I remember mm -hmm. I was just like, I was like, Oh my God, this is so funny. And I was reporting back to you. I was like, bro, I just beat the final four. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but like, you know, cool. it's, it's, I love that about you and you are somebody who I've admired and we're going to, now we're going to kind of circle back to the beginning here. You are one of the funny most talented actors I've ever met your commitment and your hard work on what you do as a a bodybuilder and a trainer is one of the most marveling things that I could ever sit back and watch and be in envy of your ability as a writer and as a filmmaker it is truly something that I because we're kind of cut from the same cloth in that craft where 
I think a lot of people, um, especially when you're known to the world as an actor, it kind of, at least I felt this way. I always felt kind of devalued. People don't really respect you as much as like the writers or directors, the filmmakers, the producers, or, you know, whatever this stuff is. But you are somebody where you are the real fucking deal. You're an artist through and through. It's, it's, it's like four dimensional and then your layers just continue to impress me the more I see your your capability as an artist and that's why I've always been so proud to know you you're somebody who I'm always just like anytime I see you doing something different it excites me and obviously working on these new scripts and these new films and I can't wait to see them come to fruition uh you you are seriously and one of the, again to the first point you're one of the funniest people I've ever met and as a writer and somebody who when we were working on our series that we'll get into maybe a little bit but like when we were writing this character that we wrote for you it it, it became such a, a writer's gift when you're no longer writing a character you set out to like this idea you're writing the character based on like the person is writing the character for you you know you whatever you're bringing it's like oh that's totally something Brock would do like that's that's we're layering that in like I remember when we were watching you do those dub smashes on uh, Instagram and stuff and I was like dude I love that I love this idea and yeah. I was like let's, let's incorporate that type of thing into our character and uh, yeah. long-winded way of just saying you're a tremendous artist and uh, extremely talented and it's a privilege to know you I, you know, I was having a, a, a normal, okay day, and now I'm having a great day. <laughs> oh, my God, <laughs> like, I love it. Like, I got chills, Paul. Come on. Like, oh, like I, okay, all right. <laughs> I think the same of you, Paul. I fucking, we've been friends for a very long time. Yeah. And you and I think you and I both, we, we like bounce ideas off each other. We inspire each other. We, we met. Doing Do you remember this? ID Discovery. <laughs> I was an extra, and you were there, and we were oh, in some big man. house, and it was like yes. a ghost story or something. School there was spirits. A house. Do you remember that? Do you remember? <laughs> dude, that was th- 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 that whole experience. I remember. I was so excited. It was one of the first things I was doing. I just moved to New York, and they they presented it. You know, bless the casting director's heart at the time. I mean, but they they made it seem like it like we, I was like going to be like a lead character on this thing, and I showed up and. You're just basically a, not even a glorified extra. You're just an extra. You know, you're just a person in the background. Were you even there? Were you there both days or just one day? Were you there like both days? I was there. There was a party scene. Yes. I remember the party scene. And then I wasn't, I think I was there maybe like one day. Because I remember there was like a scene where you guys were all sleeping in a room together. I I don't remember what it was. Something. Oh, yeah. Okay, guys. So you weren't there for that, and I remember you showed up like the next day. I remember there was also a guy who just didn't show up for the next day. He was there the first day and then didn't come back. And I was like, it was such a weird intro into kind of the, the filmmaking. And the, like, I just moved from New York or uh, New Jersey to New York, and I was like, this is what it is it was so weird and uh yeah. i met our friend jake Choi there both of you on that set but i never yes. i'll always remember on that bus ride or the van ride back to the city it was you and then some girl who i don't remember obviously but you were just like paul come hang out let's go hang out after this and i was like i was like wait I, I can do that. I was like, was, <laughs> it, was, it, was it my friend Erica? Because I remember, I remember Erica Deal. I asked my friend Erica Deal to be there. She was like a really tall. She was redhead. I don't know if it was. I remember I, I invited her to be an extra with me because they needed extras. So it oh, might have been, been Erica. It might have been Erica. 
because I, if there was anyone I was going to go hang out with after that show, after that, set, I do remember I brought Erica Deal. She, we went to college together, and she moved to New York. And I was like, "Hey, come with, be an extra with me on this thing." Because we were sitting together at the party scene. We were yes. sitting on the front porch, and th- there was a shot of us, and there was like a silhouette of me and her. And I was like, "That's us, that's us." <laughs> and uh, so it might, it might have been her that that I was like that, yeah. that we all kind of hung out. But yeah. that was uh, to, but you so, were so fun. You were like the cool. You were the only cool one on that set. I was like, this kid's, <laughs> this kid's cool. Everybody all can scoot. <laughs> well, that makes me feel good to say that to think that I was cool because I never thought of myself as cool. But I just remember you and your personality being so like magnetic, and you were like, it was. Like from the second I met you there, like it stuck into my head because we had not really like reconnected. Maybe we became friends on social media, but that was like two thousand. 12 2011 maybe something like that like i had just moved to new york and then like we reconnected later on like i but i remember you'd stuck in my head like just being with you in that short period of time like that energy to me was like i was like i could write for that like i remember like when we had that moment like you are a fucking a a a a person like you are a a a unique person and uh you stuck with me since then and i was so glad that we got to to become friends um yeah all right we we jumped that's how how i felt that's how i felt about you i was like if there's anybody in this group like in this you know group of of worker of of actors i was like this kid's got something going like this dude's got the thing he's he's like he's gonna do something big and i want to be friends with him wow oh man it's and but that, yeah. and that's I always say to people whenever like they're presented with an opportunity and I've had many situations where like you don't know if it's going to be a good time or it's like oh, I don't really know if I want to do this or you never know who you might meet during this one thing. You don't know what that yes to even though it might seem stupid or frivolous or like a waste of your time. It might be shitty and it might be like a really fucking miserable time but you might meet somebody and become great friends and collaborate with them or they might you know become your uh, and officiate your wedding who knows these things happen all the time like in different capacities and that's why i always try to say yes to things even if they seem i mean less now than when i was like in my early 20s because you know it's harder to say yes to every little thing but definitely starting out i was trying to say yes as much as possible and i'm glad i did i got to meet people like you um and david risdahl and jake and everybody else you know so oh, it was, Dave. I know I haven't I, I I have spoken with David but, but I gotta rec- I gotta have him on here so he's, he's a, I try I text him every once in a while and say hi and yeah. um you know I don't know like I I love that kid he's so fucking he was so funny I know but he's he's doing he's doing big things he's yeah. like he's a great guy yeah he's had a and new movie come out and, I want to see it he, yes uh, but he's like he actually like <clears> got like, some long hair or something you know like. I was it a scary it's one? It was like a group. Of, it was like a group of people in like a horror kind of setting. Yes. Yeah. I want to watch it. It looks. It looks yeah. really good. Um, but enough yeah. about them. I want to start back with you now. Now that we've had a nice, good, a good way of getting to where we are and catching everybody up here on our relationship, I want to know about you. Uh, obviously, I know you know you grew up in Ohio, but can you give me a little bit or like a you know a quick rundown of how you came to kind of fall in love with the arts or even pursue acting and get down this artistic journey like where did it where where was that first moment of inspiration where like yeah that's what I want to do I want to go to college for that or whatever it was how did this all start yeah so yeah that's a I mean this like I could I'll, I'll try to keep that condensed because as like kids like you and me we were you're probably you were probably just like me. I would watch movies, and I wanted to be on that movie set, and I wanted to be in that movie. And 
And I, instead of watching Spider-Man, I was like, I don't want to be Spider-Man. I want to be the actor that plays Spider-Man. And, and I wanted to be the kid in the movie and, and I wanted to like be on sets and, and me and my best friend, Derek, when we were kids, we were like, we both lived in the country. Like he lived on one side of town. I lived on the other. So we would spend the night at each other's houses. And like, we were kind of, we couldn't, we didn't live in town where we could like walk outside and go play with the neighborhood kids. We were really isolated. So we had to make our own fun and so we either played like half the time we played video games and the other half the time we were outside pretending to be you know uh, dragon ball z characters jumping off of hay bales like (laughs) 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 we had trampolines we would like flip off the tool shed onto the trampolines and like try to do backflips and outflip each other and just like pretend to be the characters we were playing and and so we would play we would we would get the, the the video recorder up and we would pretend to do fake news recording like like we would do the news we would pretend to be anchors and yeah. improv and make up news stories and just like it was so dumb and we'd watch ourselves back on and make ourselves laugh and those are like really good memories that I have really funny memories but then I did a I remember seeing musicals as a kid and my grandma would take me to the little theater it was called the little theater and they would they would do uh, you know, it was the it was the musicals in in town. It was the little theater, and um, and we would go see plays. And I just thought I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to be up on that stage doing that. And then I had the chance. It was eighth grade. There was always the eighth grade musical, and and we were doing that year. They were doing Once on This Island, mm-hmm. which is an all black show. Mm-hmm. But if they decided to cast it with little white eighth graders <laughs> so, <laughs> it wasn't until i was an adult that i realized once on this island is a black show it's it's a it's an all-black cast and you're like, like you're like wait no that was it's a bunch of white people on this island what are you talking about yeah different times different times, <laughs> different times. Also, like, it was it was like there was nothing there really wasn't it, it wasn't like we were it's one for the silent junior. So they, oh, they yeah, took yeah. the they took the racial stuff out of it and just made yeah. it about it was like literally the story of the Little Mermaid, and it's like but it's with humans. So it's like this mm. girl and she knows she there's the rich prince and she she's like dreaming about being with the rich guy and the gods make it happen and then she has to like figure out how to be with the rich guy. It's it was cute, but but that was when I like I I started singing. And they were like, you're, you're good at this singing stuff, Brock. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's keep going with it. And so all through high school, I did mu- I did plays. I became the president of the drama club in high school. And, and then also my dad is a bodybuilder. So I was going to the gym with him and I was weightlifting at the same time. So then I got a job at Gold's Gym in high school. So I was working at the gym, trying to get people to come to my musicals. Ah. And, and, and these dudes were like, oh yeah, I'll come see your show. Yeah, that's cool, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so are you dress up and sing? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, wait, so they were actually like, that, that, that's a, that was a, a, a different perceived kind of, um, reaction from people that would you know typically because i remember you know uh like that's amazing that they were so into it and supportive and like down to see musicals because you know it's a but you know i find that more often than not when people see i think they're i think the notion that people are so against like theater and musicals is because they haven't experienced it yet and i i would meet people that i remember there was a guy i used to work with when i was a uh, a maintenance man at this building i was basically taking out the garbage cleaning the floors 
for like Section Eight housing in uh, on the Jersey Shore or whatever. And I met this guy, oh. huge buff dude. He was a he was actually like one of the maintenance guys around there. And he used to tell me about all his favorite music. He'd go into he'd go into the city every weekend and go see like um, Phantom or Les Mis. And I'm like, this was before I was even like really invested in theater and musicals. I didn't get into that until I was in college. And I'm yeah. like, wait a second. I'm like, you like Les Mis in my head? But it was because I had never had my own experience with it yet. And he was kind of like breaking that down for me. He's like, no, the story and the love and the and the real human thing. I think when people finally experience theater and musicals, it takes that whole perception of a way of like, this is something that's stupid and people dancing around on stage. It's it, it really... Uh, I, I think it was yeah. done dirty, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and it's like it's like cool to to shit on musicals, you know. That it's too. like, and that's like the funny thing to say. And it's like, yeah, okay, I know you're you're cool for shitting on musicals. You're a tough guy, but like, you actually go sit and if like if there was a camera on your face while you were watching a musical, it, you'd be like, oh, oh, oh this. Is- yeah. <laughs> when there are people doing insane things thirty feet from you. You can't help but be moved by it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like there's, and then, and my, like my partner, he, he didn't have a lot of experience with musicals. And I was, I would explain these, the story. I was like, did you ever see this show, this musical? He's like, no. And I says, oh yeah. Um, did you ever see Spring Awakening? And he says, no. So what is that? It's like, it's a musical. And I said, yeah, it's about this group of kids that have never learned about sex. And like the one kid sort of like, you know, um, he tried, he kills himself and then she dies from an abortion. He's like, I thought musicals are supposed to be happy. And I'm like, musicals are f- fucked up. <laughs> musicals are yeah. horrible. If you really like, if you really break mm-hmm. down the plot of a musical, I'm like Rent. Tell someone about Rent. Yeah. And it's like, oh like, my yeah. God. And then it's like, and then I go back Fame. and I'm like, oh my God, all these, all these musicals are horrible yeah. <laughs> like, like uh yeah e- even wicked there's like if you look at the opening of wicked i'm like he gets the the wizard the the wizard gets the mother drunk and then like has sex with her yeah and then the baby comes out like the baby the mother like cheated on the father had a baby and then like didn't tell him that the uh-huh. baby's not her it's like there's all these really really dark things about musicals yeah I'm like, this is yeah. not and it's like they're dancing and it's just like oh, <laughs> like i'm i'm gonna die in 10 minutes like yeah. it's just they're, they're musicals get dark musicals get very dark maybe the dancing helps us swallow <laughs> the pill a little, little easier yes <laughs> that's what i was like that's what i was saying to marco i'm like yeah the first act is nice the second act is always just like what yeah. into the woods Oh gosh, yeah. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? One of my favorites. One of my favorite musicals. Yeah. Oh my god, that's act two is devastating. I know. Yeah. And it's like literally destroying, eating people, yeah, stomping on people, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Rapunzel gets smashed. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking gets smashed. Like everyone just like gets killed. The baker's wife story is so tragic. (laughs) Yes, she like cheats on her husband and then gets killed. I'm like, yeah. But she's just like, I want to be happy and I want to experience what I believe is what making me happy. And then they just say, yeah, well, guess what? For cheating on your husband, you're going to get killed. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's dark. It's dark. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So anyway, you were saying, yeah, you were were doing the musicals. Uh, The the dudes from the gym were coming to watch you at the musicals. And then you decided you wanted to go to college for this. You're like, this is what I want to do with my career. I I think I can. Is that where that you wanted to go to music? You wanted to do musical theater or what did you want to do from there? Because you didn't go to New York I, first, right? You went to college somewhere else. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, when you're in Florida, college is very, very cheap when you're a resident of Florida and you go to college in Florida. So my parents were like, you can go anywhere in Florida. We don't care. Um, But you're not going out of state. Like, we're not paying for that. Mm. And I said, okay. So I went to college in Orlando and I auditioned for the theater program. And I spent four years uh, working towards getting my BFA in musical theater. And the thing is, like, when I'm after college, I went to New York. And I knew that I was like, it's either New York or L.A. And I knew that I wanted to go up to New York to go get my ass kicked. And I thought, you know, if I can do it in New York, L.A. is going to be easier. You can make it 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 anyway. Exactly. It really is. And it's like New York is is hard. And L.A. is hard, too. But New York is like the life is hard. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that going to New York was good. But I went to New York thinking I was going to audition for theater. And then I get there and I'm like, oh, oh, these guys are, like, not playing around. Mm. So I'm going to go do TV and film. (laughs) And so I started working and focusing more on taking film classes that I never got in college because it was all theater. Yeah. And it was all live performances and singing and dancing and all this stuff. And we never got acting on camera. There was one acting on camera class in theater, but I never took it. I I didn't get to take it. So in... In, in New York, I got to start taking camera classes and auditioning for TV and film. When I got my representation, they started sending me in for TV shows and, and movie parts. And I was like, oh, this is so much more fun than going in for a theater audition. Because a theater <laughs> audition is a theater audition is kind of like an all-day thing. Yeah. And it's like you're all like – there's like 100 people in a room and you're it's like really? stretching and like – yeah, yeah, you've done this, I've done that. And, and then theater – TV is like in, out, in, out. Yeah, and theater I just is felt, such a. Oh my gosh! Oh, it's hard. It is hard. Yeah. I've never. And those are always so the most I, stressful auditions. Like anytime you're you're in that room with other people, and it's such. I don't know. The energy is so different for a theater audition, especially a musical, because everyone's like learning their music at the same time, and it, like again, stretching. It's it's just such a different beast. But yeah. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Yeah. But um, TV and film, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, this is what I'm good at. This is what I need to focus on. This is what's going to make me happy. And uh, I, I one day I just told my manager, I just said, you know, please don't send me in for theater anymore. I'm not going to do it. Like I can't – even if I do book something, I can't take nine months and go do a touring show or thing. Like I need to be in New York working towards getting cast in TV and film. And I can't do that if I'm doing nine months of a touring musical. Mm. So I, uh, I just wanted to do TV and film. And then – I started working on writing my own stuff, and uh, and then I think that's when you and I sort of meshed, and we sort of became like we sort of reconnected. It's like yeah. oh, you write stuff, I write stuff, and then and then I started working on a short film, and I and I T wanted County, to right? T County, yes, 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 yes. right there. Ah, yes, yes. Because I remember I saw that at a bar. You had a screening at a like in the basement of a bar, and that's kind of like yes. Yeah, yep, and you were there for that. Yeah, it's thanks coming for coming. To me. Yeah, listen, you know how it is. Yeah, yeah. And so then I think that's where you and I became like we really started to connect on like you know oh we're both writing and producing our own things, mm-hmm. and that's how you have to do it if you want to do anything. And so uh, yeah, and then you were the one that that helped me figure out my my first feature. <laughs> you know, I, I still I will always give you credit for that. Oh my gosh! Well, we'll we'll get to that, and I want to I want to take it one more step back again here too, because we'll get into your feature yeah. and that whole process as a writer. Because, but uh, so you, when you moved to New York and you got, how did you get your first agent and manager? How did that all come about? Did you take a class, or was it in part of your TV and film thing? How did you get hooked up with your first representation? 
So what had happened was <laughs> I was working as a I was working as a bartender, and uh, it was like a, it was like a little little club, and uh, there was uh, a gentleman who would come and he would like he was you know I was this bartender and he was very nice and he uh, he was just like. He, he asked me what he was like, so what do you do? And I said, I'm an actor. And he says, oh, oh, you're an actor? And I go, no, 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 no. I'm a real actor. And I, said, <laughs> I, I, I love you. Oh, you're, trying, you're trying to be an actor? I'm like, bitch, like, fuck you. And I said, I went to college for music. I have a BFA in musical theater. And he goes, oh. And I go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, don't try it, bitch. And so, so he and I really, like, we, we were, like, talking about the play, like, the, the big plays, like, Arthur Miller and Tennessee Williams, and, and he was like, oh, you, you, like, you know your shit? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, what do you want, like, you want another vodka soda, bitch? You know? <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, so the crucible, yeah. And, uh, and so he really was like, oh, you, you got something here, and, and uh, he, he helped me. He was like, I'm a professor at Stella Adler Studios. And I was like, oh, okay. And he says, I would think you'd be great for the summer conservatory. And so I, he, he helped me get a scholarship for the, for the summer conservatory. So there was this, um, there was a scholarship and it, it was like this, this couple, um, this, this, you know, a, a husband and wife and, and they set up a scholarship to send one kid per year to the summer conservatory for free. And so he, he suggested to them, he was like, I, I applied for the scholarship. And then he said, this is my pick. I think you should pick this kid. And they did. And so I got to go for free for the summer. And it was like, it was basically one big semester of college, but it was all acting. It was like mm. stage work, breath work, everything I didn't get in musical theater. I got here. We did Shakespeare movement. It was so good. And it was like, I, because it was my first year of New York and I was so lost. I was like a, you know, a cork in the middle of the ocean. I was just like floating around. And, and then this, like, this grounded me. This was like, I'm now I know what I need to be doing. Yeah. And he then one night brought a woman to my bar and he was sitting at the bar and uh, he says, this is Serena. She's a manager. Don't tell her I told you that, but I want her to meet you. And I was like, gotcha. And so we, we talked all night and we hung out and she was like, you know, she's like, you're, you're super cute. And I, I think you're great. And I'm like, I think you're great too. And so she just, you know, said the next, she, the next day she contacted me and said, I, I want to try you out. Let's see how you do. Let's, let's, I want to send you some auditions and I'll, I'll, I have some classes I want you to take. She helped me get into Bob Krakauer. One of the greatest you know. on-camera film uh, uh, teachers in New York City. Highly recommend him, yeah. Yep. And that changed my entire perception on, on acting on film. That was insane. Mm -hmm. And so after that, after that six-month period, that was like June. That was the summer of 2012. And in December of 2012, she signed me officially. And she's been my manager ever since. So that's how my representation came about. Wow, I'm so glad that you uh, talked about that because, again, your type of personality, again, that could have been anybody else sitting behind the bar and they would have just been like, yeah, I'm an actor and then they would have made that joke and they would have been like, oh, okay, what do you want? But you just having the confidence and knowing yourself or presumably knowing yourself, maybe being kind of a little bit uh, – <laughs> A little bit overtly ambitious and cocky. Who knows? Maybe that maybe that's what it was. But again, having that talent meet opportunity kind of scenario right there, where just putting yourself out there and being confident in who you are and having the I love those type of stories where somebody else could have been in that same situation and it could have gone a completely different way. But you, who you are, to take the reins like that and be like, I don't know who the I don't 
what fucking horse you're sitting on, but like, get the fuck out of here, you know? (laughs) And that, you know, that led you down this kind of path. Oh my gosh. That's so, it's so important for people to hear. Not that you need to be so brazen in every opportunity, but I think it, it just, you having that confidence to be like, you're not more, you're not cooler than me. I don't know why you're throwing that kind of attitude at me. Like I'm, I am the real deal. Yeah. But he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't being mean about it. Like like, I'm joking, but he was like, he was just like, he was teasing me. But still, but still. I was teasing him back. But yes. yes, But having the confidence. You're like, he wasn't being like a a total asshole. He was like, just teasing me. He's like, oh, you're an actor. And I was like, yeah, no, bitch. Like, fuck you. But it it was fun. It was like, because he was, I already knew him. But there are people Uh, like that. There are people that are mean about it. But he was cool. That's what, that's what I knew I could joke back with them. You were still taking the moment as an actor or as, a, as someone who is a creative and improving, and you were saying yes and in a very interesting way and, and keeping that moment yeah. alive, making funny of it. And that, to me, says more about a person than it is how well they can read Arthur, you know, perform Arthur Miller. And the fact that you were totally. so learned and you, and you had and, and you could back up that, that confidence with I've read all this shit. You want to talk about being a real freaking actor? I've read <laughs> Arthur Miller. I've read The Crucible. Yeah. I've, you know, I, I'm, I know Chekhov. You want to talk about The Pair? Yeah. You want to talk about Three Sisters? like like to to be able to 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 hold a conversation with people is honestly i think more important than how talented you are because there's so many talented people it's it's how how well can you take opportunities and become friendly with people who are making stuff because people want to work with people they like and if you can hold a conversation with these people that are doing the shit that's worth more to me than you know uh, talent is undeniable to a degree but it's like how you got to find the people to work with and help you make shit unless like you said you're going to do it on your own um and 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 before we get into the writing stuff i know your, your your dad's a bodybuilder and that's how you know that became a big part of your life but for you, when did you get super serious about it for yourself? And do you think that part of your um, enjoyment or maybe what became your obsession with bodybuilding, do you think that like Dragon Ball Z and stuff had an effect on that? Like for me, I yes. always wanted to be like the badass because of Dragon Ball Z and work out because I wanted to train like freaking Goku and Vegeta. Was that for you? We had a Bowflex in the gym when I was 13, 14 years old. And I like I was like, I want to look like Goku. I want to look like Goku. I want pecs <laughs> like Goku. <laughs> yes. That's what I was like. I want to be jacked like these dudes. Um, and that's why in the beginning, the opening season of, of my – or the opening scene of Cutting Season, yeah. he's got a little Dragon Ball Z figure. I, I like – it has to – like for me, for me personally, in the, in the scene, like in the scene description, it says on his shelf sit little Dragon Ball Z figurines, you know, and oh like little like wrestling figurines, like a half-ass shrine to bodybuilding. I'm like, yeah. this is – like when, when you see those, when you see those little figurines – You'll know exactly what this kid's dealing with. Like, oh, yep. he's had this. He's had body image issues for a very long time. <laughs> like, dra- Dragon Ball Z fucked us all up in the head. <laughs> like, it did, but it also um, inspired in a very, in a in very, a good way. Uh, in a good way. In a good but way. I understand that that dynamic and dilemma. It's great for writing. It's great for a, a, yeah. a flawed character who has, you know, what they want to achieve. Because I think everybody watching that show, they wanted to like save the world and be the strongest Saiyan there ever was. But it's. To a certain there degree, it's... Dudes, there are grown men at my gym with Goku shirts. Yeah, and I'm like, I I feel you. I got that. That yeah. tracks. Yep, yep. I Have, see you. Are, are you familiar? Are you familiar with the One Punch Man workout at all? No. 
Joe, Joe, can you pull up this this workout wherever it is? Because I'm gonna say it wrong. It's like there's an anime called One Punch Man, and if you you need to watch this anime, I I promise you, it's the, really good. It, thank you. Yeah. It, it, the premise of this anime, and I know, like even now, like it, it still holds up. It was it came out many many years ago, but he is he is the strongest superhero in the world, and there's no like villain that he's just so strong he's over it. Like he he literally can beat anybody with one punch, and they say. Saitama, the character. Could you pull this up real quick? Because I want to. I want to show it to him and see if this is a. Because I, I always wondered about this. Because the workout, they say that the workout that he did Saitama to get in the shape that he was is something so like ridiculously basic. It's just like push ups, pull ups, and like sit ups or something. And people do this workout uh, to to like get into good shape. And I'm curious. A cartoon does. Yes, there's people who do the, the One Punch Man workout, and they, like, I want to get somebody who is yes. legit to criticize this right now, and it's even better that you don't know about it, because it's 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 hysterical. Um, I Honestly, I recommend you watching the anime. It is, it is brilliant. It is one of the one of the best, if not the, the best workout, or uh, animes I've seen. So, let's see here. What does it say? Yeah. Oh, no, we lost share screen. Where'd it go? Uh okay, hang on here. We're we're strapped in. I love it. I mean, I, I remember I was doing it for a while, and I was like, at the very least, it would be like the workout that I would do. Granted, I have not been able to beat anybody with one punch. Let's see what do we got here. Oh, here, here here's the routine. Hundred push-ups, one hundred sit-ups, hundred squats, ten kilometers running. That's six two miles. Repeat that seven scroll, days a week. That's scroll it. down to the slide. This is in the manga. So from the manga, and then they put that into the anime. This is literally a slide for how they ask him, like, "How did you become the strongest, um, like, hero in the world?" And that's what he says he does. Do you think that you could become like in like in the shape that you're in from doing that every day? Do you think that that would work? I don't know. I don't know because, like, I mean, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, okay, the the hundred squats. Does that mean a hundred body squats with like with no weight? Like you're just like you're just like doing like like a, like I'm doing the squat. I just did a squat. I believe but, so. Like, I uh, think it's body squats. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, ten, six. Oh my god, six miles every day. That's a fucking lot. A hundred push-ups, hundred sit-ups. I don't know what <laughs> I would love for someone to do. And I think maybe you should do this, Paul, is do a 30-day challenge. Oh, my gosh. They see the 10K every day would kill me. But um, That's I six miles a day is a, a lot. And I think, Paul, you should try it out. And I think that would be a great, a great video for you to do. Uh, you know the- what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you up on that. I will do I it. I think you should. For you, I will do it. I'm gonna do the, the Saitama workout for 30 days and see what happens. I, I work. I wake up and I do a hundred push-ups every like every few days. I wake up and I kind of feel like I'm like ooh ooh ooh. And I go do I do a hundred push-ups and I swear to God it sets me off. Like I feel so good the rest of the day. Yeah. I'll do like I'll do forty push-ups and I'll get tired and then I'll do twenty and then I'll do twenty and then I'll do twenty. So I'm like you can't have breakfast so you do a hundred push-ups and I do that every once in a while and it does feel good. Um, but I like it's totally doable. Um, yeah. Monday. Yeah. Like I don't. What's this? Five. Yeah, this five looks like a push-ups. realistic way of breaking it down. Oh, me. they they create a natural yeah. workout based off of like his thing. Um, oh, because you're not going to do a hundred all uh, in one shot. So maybe that's right. how they do. Well, it. I mean, yeah, you could. 
<laughs> if you're a week one, well, this is, but this is different though. This is like, that's only Monday is only 25 push-ups and then 50 sit-ups and then 25 squats. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they're trying to make it more like a, a version of that. All right. Anyway, I think you need to do, I think you need to do the hundred, hundred, hundred. I'll do it. Wait. So did it say a hundred pull-ups? Did it say a hundred pull-ups on there? Or is so it just bad. push-ups, sit-ups no pull-ups. and squats? Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to do it. I'm going to do yeah. it. I'm going to do it. So I, what is... What is what is your type of daily workout? Like, what is? Can you give me a daily look at Brock's life today? Like, because you're in probably one of the best shapes of your life right now, or because you're getting ready to do yeah. the movie, you'd say. So you're like, what yeah. is a daily kind of look at your life from morning to night? What is like a typical day for sure. you? Sure. So I wake up every morning. I do five eggs and one cup of white rice for breakfast, and that's two whole eggs and three egg whites, and that's breakfast every morning. I don't even have to think about it. I I look. I wake up and I look forward to breakfast. I make coffee, and um, and then throughout the day, I usually have meals. Uh, my meals usually look like um, six to eight ounces of grilled chicken breast and um, rice and a little bit of broccoli. And that's a very, very basic, typical meal. That's like you can't get any more like like that's a standard meal. Um, you got your carbs, your protein, and your and your greens. Uh-huh. So uh, um, or steak. I love steak. Um, I love, but there's like uh, vegan options. There's like um, there's lots of different vegan options people could do. Um, like uh, there's like tofu. My my yeah. partner loves tofu. Um, but uh, as long as you get people that can we just say that like people who shit on like vegan stuff. I'm like, get a fucking life. Grow up. Well, how do you get your protein? Like, why do you worry about how I get my protein? Don't worry about it. Who cares? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, shut up, dude. There's plenty. <laughs> there's ton- there are fucking tons of vegan bodybuilders out there that are doing it amazing. And I yeah. fucking salute. I'm like, so like amazing. That is so challenging. And, um, and like, but also like doable, totally yeah. doable. And, um, and I'm like, look at horses. And look at gorillas. Yeah, Those fuckers are vegan. Elephants. They'll, yeah. they'll crush you. Yeah. <laughs> they will they will kill you. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you're like you're a weak vegan. I'm like, that's bullshit. Like, yeah. <laughs> like tell that to a gorilla who will break your neck. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's that's what I eat. And then um, but I train. I train typically four, four and a half days a week. I'm I've read some of the old school bodybuilders books and those guys rested a lot. We have, we live in this Instagram culture where it's no days off and like all this stuff every day, every day. But if you're training, if you're lifting weights seven days a week, you're going to continuously break your body down and you're not going to grow and repair. And so sleeping and resting is really, really important. And so that's why I found when I started taking more rest days, uh, I started growing better, growing more mm. and, and taking, you know, and, and then those rest days I take off, I rest on Saturday, Sunday. And by Monday I'm like, okay, gym time, gym time, let's go. Yeah. And I go have an amazing workout. And, and if you're going to the gym and you're like, I'm so tired, my body hurts. It's like, you're not going to do anything productive in the gym. Go home and rest and drink a ton of water, eat your good meals and go to bed Yeah, and wait until your body, wait until your body says, Gym time, time to lift, time to lift. We need to work out. And so giving myself permission to take a rest day, uh, that's the hard thing. That's the hard mm-hmm. thing to do is like when I tell my clients, I'm like, no lifting today. They're like, but what can I, can I just, I said no lifting today. <laughs> like, no, the hard thing is to sit home all day and not go to the gym because everyone yeah. feels so guilty for skipping the gym. 
And so, uh, so that's, that's what I do. I do, I train, I do, I do a pool day on Monday. So back and biceps and rear, rear delts. And then on Tuesdays push. So I'll do chest triceps and some shoulder military press. And then I, Wednesday is legs and I do a big heavy leg day. And then I rest on Thursday and then Friday is, um, biceps, triceps and shoulders uh-huh. and that's. So by the, by the end of the week, I've pretty much hit everything I need to hit. Yeah. And then, and then, so and th- that's my gosh. I mean, that's, you would think that it's a lot more, but like you said, it's having the discipline to understand the importance of rest and recovery that it's probably even more important than whatever you're doing in the gym because it enforces what you can do in the gym. So, and I think that applies to a lot of, a lot of other crafts. And that's why I'm curious. So are you, are you finding moments now? Because obviously, um, you're writing or you're preparing to do a film when you are, is this where you're after you go to the gym? Is that when you like to write the most? Like when did you find, when do you find times to write or when are you working on your film stuff? When are you, you know, um, preparing for auditions or what else is the things that are incorporated in part of your day? I guess it's just sort of every, honestly, every day is different. And I, I train, so I, I train clients, I personal train. And so I usually try to keep my clients between 10 AM and 2 PM. Mm-hmm. So I'll have like an, a 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. and a 12. And I try to keep it there so that I have the rest of my day to, you know, if I have an audition that's due, I'll try to film the audition in the afternoon or um, I'll do a little bit of writing. Um, I also like I eat, I eat and I cook a lot. So I have to have time to, to do that, you know, to do that stuff. Um, and then I go to the gym in the evening and I try to, I try to take a nap around five thirty for about a half hour. And then I wake up and I get ready for the gym and I go mm. train. I like to, I like to train in the evening because the business day is over and I'm not like so f- focused on like answering emails and texts and you know, you might have an audition or this needs to be turned in or whatever. So I like to train in the evening when I'm like, I can kind of turn my brain off and just go throw weights around and then come home and just kind of like rest and go to bed. So that's, that's typically what I, what I do. As an actor, have you felt that, I mean, um, obviously you are, you're a big guy. Have you felt that being kind of the size that you are has made casting directors kind of pigeonhole you into a certain way and you've had to work against that in any capacity? Yeah, that's exactly why I wrote Cutting Season <laughs> because I I know I'm a big boy and I know that I'm um, you know I look a certain way and I give off a certain look. But okay, but the funny thing is the funny thing is like in the bodybuilding world I'm a little guy. Uh-huh. Like it's because so, to actors and to people in the industry they're like you're so big. I'm like you don't know what big is. Yeah. These motherfuckers are 240 pounds and five foot six. Like <laughs> like I am not big. I am like a I'm like a normal dude compared yeah. to them. But to my agent, she's like you're a monster. Just slim down. <laughs> so, like, so so I wrote this movie cutting season. I wrote this bodybuilding script because I wanted to show what I'm capable of. I wanted to show what this life is like. And I think there's really good stories in there about these bodybuilders who are really sad and lonely. And the movie is basically what happens when you walk off stage. What do these guys go home to? And what does it look like? And, you know, they're living these lives that are so dedicated and regimented and it's, it's crazy. The shit they do is fucking crazy. And so I knew that there were stories in there. And so that's why I wrote my, my script, my bodybuilding script. And so, um, uh, 
that's that's what I've just been been working on. And and obviously, after I film this movie, I'm definitely going to slim down. I am very excited to not live the bodybuilder lifestyle anymore. But until we film this movie, I can't stop yeah. progressing. Like I have to, I have to keep continue to look like this because independent film. You know, like Brock, we we got the green light. We film in two months, and I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I have to stay ready. You know, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So hey, yes, you know, <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. So when, I'm excited to like chill out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, that's, I, I, I was gonna I say go, that like, takes over like, you, right? Go, yeah, I'm like, let's go. They're like, let's go hiking, and I'm like. No, I can't do that. I'm I'm cooking meals all day and eating and resting and going to the gym. Yeah. So like yeah. I can't take I cannot wait until this thing's over so that like not not in that sense, but I like part of me does I'm like I would love to film this movie and then like not worry about bodybuilding anymore. Mm. So people don't, but people I don't realize I, that. I did this myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's so important. It's important too because it's I'm number one, I love I absolutely love the story that you've you've written and I love the the take on it because um, I remember again sitting with you when you had your first draft, and you know we'll go through this. And I remember I was like, "This is good," and you're a good writer. And I also that was the other thing that's you know again to what my one of my first earlier points was. It impressed me how good at you were at writing character, how good you were at dialogue, how good your 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 premises were. Like there was a lot of great stuff in there, and I remember I was like. There's so much I know that you have in whatever this story could become that you're just choosing not to include because I know you and I know you as a person. I knew you personally. And I yeah. I just remember having that conversation with you and I was, you know, I was I was so I was more amazed to see how much better the script became, not because of anything that I said, but because you were just like like I maybe you were just like you had a freedom that evolved it and I'm sure it's even in a, a way better uh, yeah. version now like to to look at this place from a really vulnerable perspective did you find the writing process f- from after our conversation to be a hard one to have or did you find that uh easier and more liberating and free and what what was the experience when it, i'll never forget our conversation we were i was in your apartment and you you challenged me and you said this is great brock but what is your story and I said, well, you know, I was like figuring out my sexuality and I was coming out as the same time I was competing. And you go, that, Brock, that, like, like, I want to see that. And I go, and I said, I was like, I don't know if I want to tell that story because it might turn people off. And you go, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, that's the story. Then, then that's the story you need to tell. And you giving me permission to go there was really, really liberating. And, and it was like, it really was like, I, I, um, I was like, oh, just that, that, that shove that, like that, that, that encouragement you gave me, honestly, I swear to God, I I was like, I went home, I thought about it and I said, let me, let me take a pass at this. Let me just write this version of the story that's closer to what I went through. And as I sat there writing it, I was like, oh, oh, that's so good. <laughs> I'm crying in this coffee shop writing like my own thing. And I was like, oh, I feel it felt so good. And I was like, it, it I swear to God, that that draft, I, I think I came up with that draft in a week. Like I spent months trying to do the first draft, like the one that you read. And that draft, I was like, I, I remember it's like this thing flew out of me. And obviously over the years it grew it changed and changed and changed and changed. But like 
that the the draft that that like we that I worked on after talking to you, that was like, oh, this is the story. And and I just it's just having permission, like being given permission from a friend to say like, no, do the fucking scary thing. And and I swear to God, it'll pay off. And <laughs> and it did. So thank you. Well, I uh, listen. I I've had many people have those just, similar conversations. Just say you're welcome, Brock. <laughs> just say you're welcome. <laughs> Never. I'll, just listen, say you're I'll, welcome, Paul. I'll say you're welcome for uh, having the conversation with you. But I mean, it takes again somebody who has that that skill and the discipline and the vulnerability to take that yeah. freedom and make it into something worth worth reading and worth watching. So where do you think you found your inspiration as a writer or where did your talent for writing come? Because I, I can see a, a correlation between someone who has a dedication to bodybuilding and is disciplined with how they eat and their workouts and being a disciplined writer to sit your ass fucking yeah. down and to write. Like I can see that correlation. But where did you get kind of your ability to see people and see characters and see real interactions and all of this stuff and formulate a story? Were you reading books on writing? Were you, is it just from watching movies? Was, did you have a mentor? Where did your writing ability come from? Cause it is so good. Thank you. I, um, okay. So I, as a kid, we're doing creative writing stuff in class. And I remember I won a contest, uh, in fifth grade. I, we had to write books. We had to write a story. We had to write a book and we had to illustrate it. And my book won and I got to go to some little writing workshop with all these other fifth graders and like learn how to write better. And then in middle school, I got to take CEP classes, which was classroom extension program, which was the kids who were like a bit, it wasn't like, um, you guys are brainiacs, but you guys are more creative and you guys like, you guys are bored in the normal classes. So like, yeah. this is a class for the creative, um, bright, bright kids. Mm -hmm. So I was like lucky enough to take these classes and I all sixth, seventh and eighth grade, we had an amazing teacher and she like you know, these kids were doing like the, the, nor the, the normal kids, the, 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 the standard classes were like yeah. doing this stuff, but we, we got to do really cool, creative shit that they trusted us with. Like they trusted us to make, I made videos and montages and we got to do like, you know, create, we were, it was so much fun and we got to write a ton and I learned how to write and we had to write stuff. And, and then I went into high school and we had to write essays every weekend in, in um, English class. And I got awesome scores in writing class. And I was like, this is, I love this. And I'm like, I'm very good at expressing myself through writing, I guess. Yeah. And then in college we, you know, wrote plays and we wrote monologues and we wrote things and stuff like that. We wrote stories. And, um, and then I guess I just sort of realized that, you know, the, my friend, Sean Palmer, he told me when I moved to New York, he was like, here's my piece of advice. You need to write your own stuff. You need to write, Brock. You need to write. So he gave me that. He gave me that advice. And I held on to that advice. And I was like, I was keeping my ears open for a story to tell. And as I, as I grew, as I met more people in the industry, you know, I was like going to classes, but I was like, oh, this kid has his own little mini production company. And this kid is a cinematographer and he has a nice mm -hmm. camera and he has a sound equipment. I was like, Maybe I can get these guys together and we can make a movie. And yeah. and YouTube was becoming a thing and people were making their own YouTube videos and Broad City, the girls from Broad City were, you know, they got they got their own show from their YouTube videos. And so yeah. there was no reason that we shouldn't be making little short movies on the weekends. We have iPhones and we have whatever. So I was like, this is how it's gonna happen. And I 
Um, I, and then you're auditioning and you're reading film scripts. You're given these scripts and I'm like, oh, this is a legit film script that I'm, I have access to and I'm reading and this is going to become a movie someday. So I'm like, this yeah. felt like precious to me. This is like, we're getting these scripts that were written by legit screenwriters and we get to go read these lines, even if it's an, just an audition. But the more audition, the more scripts I read, the more I realized it's like, maybe I can do this. And I did. And then we were in the, we made the short film T County because my parents had the cabin and, uh, I, I, every time I went home, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm born and raised in Ohio, but I was in New York. And so every time I went home to visit, I would drive and I'd just be like, God, it's so beautiful out here. It's so, it's so country hokey pokey, but it's, but I love it. And it's so cinematic. There's so many forests and there's old rundown buildings and there's my parents lived in a cabin and I had to get this on film. So I wrote a short film and I put myself in the lead because I wanted to show off how good of an actor I was. And I wrote and I just learned how to write and I learned what, what good dialogue sounded, what bad dialogue sounded. And I realized how fucking short you need to keep your dialogue because I wrote like a five page dialogue of me and this girl talking. Mm. And I was like, we, we cut it down to like 25 seconds. <laughs> like we had this whole, whole thing and I was like, cut it. This yeah. is so boring. <laughs> you are not Quentin Tarantino girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but, like, but then what I would do is I would, to, when I, when I was working on cutting, on cutting season, the bodybuilding script, I have, Oh, where are they? Where am I? Oh, here. What I did was I, I went through my favorite movies and I read the scripts. I read the Black Swan script. Black Swan. Yeah. Uh, I read that Black Swan script three times. And I learned, I was like, okay, what percentage of the script does she spend practicing ballet? Mm -hmm. What percentage of the script, how many times do we see the mother? How many times do we see the coach? You know, and it, I, I made it mathematical because it is a formula. Yeah. And so what? then what I did was... <clears throat> Oh, oh, here, like the wrestler, also the, with the wrestler. Yeah. Um, at f like I broke down the wrestler at like at five minutes, he locks himself out of the trailer. He, he's, he's locked out of his trailer. And then at nine minutes, 30 seconds, this is what this happens. Mm -hmm. And I broke it down minute by minute, 1240. He enters the ring with this, you know, uh, um, hits his head with the chair and like 1647, he goes backstage. So I just like broke it down as as by minute by minute to really see, um, oh, and I did it with, um, whiplash, like at, at one minute, 20, Andrew, Andrew Cicillone drumming. Yeah. And then the next scene, and this showed me how short these scenes are. Like scenes are short. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah. Dialogue, and then, and reading the dialogue in black Swan, I was like, oh my God, that scene was a page and a half of dialogue. And, and you don't realize how short it is until you're actually reading that script. You're like, they speak for 30 seconds. I know. So that um, was eye-opening. That was, yeah, that was eye-opening to me. And it, 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 I, I want to just comment quickly because people always think like, especially as an actor, you got to kind of, you got the odds stacked against you too because people think of you as an actor and like, oh, you want to be a writer too? You want to write a script, whatever, you know, like, am I going to take this seriously? That's an uphill battle within itself. But I think a lot of people then get like surprised when they see like an actor make a movie and they're like, how did this actor make a movie type of thing? But when you see stuff like that, it's like, 
but when you see you, like the work that goes into people, it doesn't happen by mistake. A lot of people think a lot of things happen by mistake or things happen overnight or people got lucky, whatever it is. When you oh, have yeah, to go no. through these scripts and you're dissecting and we're very much cut from the same, this game, same cloth. Me and Allie, we do the same things and we're in the, and it's so, it's so re, like comforting to see other people who are about the hard work, who are about yeah. the craft and are about figuring this shit out and just because we look at other people who have had successful things, I mean, everything is a ripoff of something else to some capacity. We're learning from the formulas that work. Save the cat, the five act structure, you know, the 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 the, the six or seven Story, characters of comedy, you know. Story by Robert McKee. A wonderful I, book. I read that during. Um, I read that during the shooting of Next Big Thing. Wow! 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 David David told me to read it, and I brought it with me, and I read it in between takes. I was sitting there reading story while we were, like, in between takes <laughs> of the next big thing. But that's, like, again, like, this people of the same – I mean, that's what me and Allie were doing, just all about – and that's why it's so crazy you got that advice so early because it wasn't until I really fell in love with the two plus brothers, which I know you have a little bit of a connection with, with your, with mm -hmm. your movie, and we'll talk about that in a second. Mm -hmm. But that's why if you're mm -hmm. not making something and if you want to be just an actor, I say this to people all the time great you want to be an actor wonderful but it is a fucking hard uphill battle to think that you're just going to sit back and the scripts are going to come to you and the roles are going to come to you i think it's a very admirable approach and i appreciate your your confidence but i don't think it's a sustainable life in this day and age and that's why i knew mm. you were kind of of that same like i'm gonna go and freaking do that shit i'm gonna find the people i'm gonna write yeah. the script and uh, uh i it's so amazing that you we're able to get as you know, just have that hard work and continue down this passion because it's it is hard to make a short film, and you've done it. I mean, yeah. you've done more than once. You've you've had a more, couple, yeah, a couple. It is hard yeah. to even do a short film, and then to go ahead yeah. and write multiple feature films because I know you're working on yeah. that too. So, can we talk about the Duplass brothers thing and how you got to the, the, your mm. your script to that stage mm. and you got like all that stuff hooked up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you said something earlier about like doing terrible projects that will maybe bring you to one good person. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> that was what happened with me and my friend Erica. We did this horrible short film and I got cast in this thing. She got cast in this thing. And it was the worst, honestly, like I could, I could, that's a whole other podcast, that yeah. whole short film. Um, <laughs> but it was like this, it was a, it was the worst thing ever. But me and Erica were, I was like, are you, are you like, are we going to become friends through this? And she's like, yes. I was like, <laughs> I was like are you like, are, are we trauma bonding right now? She's like, yeah. <laughs> so I became friends with my, this uh, girl, Erica, and she was amazing. She's so great. And she brought me along to a seminar with seedandspark.com. And seedandspark.com is a fundraising website for filmmakers. It's like GoFundMe for movies. And so yeah. And so I put my name on the little list and, and, um, I got an email one day. So I had this cutting season script ready. I was like this bodybuilding script. I'm like, what do I do with it? How do I, how do I get this thing out into the world? And I don't know. I have never done this before. I'm, I have no idea what to do. And so out of the blue, I get an email from seedandspark.com and they were hosting a competition called hometown heroes rally. And it, it, like in the email, it said, do you have a feature length script? Is it unique and diverse? Is it set in your hometown? Do you want the Duplass brothers to produce it? I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And like, well, join this competition, run a campaign, and the top 10 campaigns get to pitch their idea to the Duplass brothers. And the Duplass brothers will pick one of those movies to produce. And I was like, oh my God, this is like a sign from God that I'm supposed to do this. Yeah. So I entered, I did it. I spent 30 days 
like the it was the craziest 30 days of my life i got a ton of people to follow this campaign i got a ton of people to donate it was incredible it was fucking amazing and so many people messaged me saying oh my god brock this project looks awesome like this is my story i i or or it was like i know somebody who had who's been through this this is amazing you need to make this so it was like it was like you know just eye-opening as to like i've got something here and so i uh we we pitched our idea we ultimately didn't get it but like but that that project that that competition led me to so many people who are now on my team yeah. And I, I was able to like, you know, uh, reach out to people and say, hey, you know, I, I saw you donated and I know that's like, like, yeah, I think this is great. I'd love to help. How can I help? And so many people, I was like, people aren't your enemies. People are your friends. People mm-hmm. want to help you. They want to support you. And so uh, through that competition is how I started to build my team. And I got one cool kid to come sit at the nerd table and then the second cool kid to come sit at the nerd table. And they were like, hey, guys, come over, sit with us. Like, it's cool over here. So, like, they started bringing in their friends. And now I have this incredible team that is that fully believes in this project and is working and trying to do everything they can to raise the money and get get people, you know, get the right people to to give us the green light. So that's what. uh, Yeah. Thanks, Duplass Brothers. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it just gives you that kind of confidence to believe that this is a real thing now. You've, you've, you've put yeah. it out to the world and you've <clears> created <throat> a kind of the ripple effect of like saying, hey, I'm really doing this, people. And it kind of sends out that, that shockwave to people to say like, who wants to be a part of this? I want to let people know about this. How can, like you said, get involved? And I think that's when you can find those opportunities, whether it is even just um, – like a film freeway has constantly you no know, competitions or or ways you can submit your projects or scripts. But I'm just remembering now you also did some amazing kind of video um, like test shooting that you did that I really really enjoyed. And that to you even like I'm sure that that created a lot a, a bigger level of authenticity and real realism for yourself, right? Like to yeah. to, to make those videos. Um, and, and that's more than what a lot of people are going to do. A lot of people are going to do the bare minimum. A lot of people are going to write a script, hit submit, and send it. A lot of people are going to send the audition in and sit around it and, and wait. And that's – I don't think yeah. you're that type of person. I'm not that type of person. I don't nah. think it's conducive nah. for a career. And that's and, – and doing that extra work and doing that competition proved to these people that it's like – that. I believe in my scripts 120%. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if, if somebody comes to me with this project that they maybe want to do, I'm like, uh, maybe sure. But if they said, I've done this with it, I've taken it here, I've, I, we just, we raised 30, $30,000 with this. It's like, oh, oh, so you, you're a hard worker. You believe in your project. Like, I'm down. Let's, let's do this. If you, you know, and oh, and we shot this, this footage. We went, I, I do as much work as you can by yourself with whatever you got. And show it to them and be like, here, yeah. this is what I did, you know, because, you know, writing a script is fine. You can you pre- present a script, but like make a lookbook, you know, take the time to make a nice looking lookbook. It's free and um, make a video and like go do anything, whatever you can do to like impress these people and show because people like that, like people who can produce. They see this stuff all the time and you've got to set yourself apart. You have to stand out and you have to prove that you're a hard worker. And that will stick out to them, mm. and that'll get that'll get the thing going. I don't know. Like I, just, I 
Get creative. Yeah. yeah, I think you gotta set yourself amongst the the uh, away from the pack because there are even though a lot of people aren't doing uh, whatever it is. Not, not you, did a lot it with, of, you did it with you did it with next big thing. Yeah. You made the the you made we we shot that thing in your house. Yes, the yeah, sixteen yeah. minute cut with the dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> human shit whatever shit it was yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) But again, so yeah, that was so much fun, and that led to me being able to do the the pilot that we wind up doing, and that's a whole separate, I mean, conversation too in general. I mean, getting something made yeah. is insanely hard. Getting people to invest money in a project and saying let's like let's make this. I mean, just from my own experience with that, and even just having the relationships with actors who believed in me to say like, yes, I want to work on this. You know, the cosine, like, yeah. This person says yes, which allows you to say, hey, this person says yes. Hey, those two people are saying yes. We've got five people saying yes. It must be a pretty good thing if the five people are saying yes. You know, like yep. what you were saying at the nerd yep. table. So, um, I'm, you know, that's a something I, I hope that will eventually lead to, to something that's a separate conversation. But it's it was exciting to, to work on that with you and uh, to see how talented you were as an actor and how funny funny you were. Because I knew when we were shot that first little thing. How how hysterical you were, and then to, when we got to see that and see that that funny side of you, um, is that like as a performer, what is the ultimate goal for you in terms of? I know obviously the cutting season is gonna be very dramatic. I don't know how much comedy you're yeah. gonna have in there. Maybe you'll be layered in with throughout, you know, to have that moment of like dark comedy that exists. But like, do you see yeah. yourself as a comedian mm-hmm. in that way, or is that something that you want to do more of? I um, you know, I think. John Hamm is a good example of somebody who John Hamm's hilarious. Yes. But but when he takes stuff, I mean he's also doing Mad Men and he's like very very serious. And I think I I love both. I I love being able to play both and I think I want to be seen as an actor who like, you know, I I like I don't I don't see myself as just comedy or just drama. I'm like mm-hmm. I got both in me. And I yep. and I think that um I want to explore both that. I'm actually uh, I, I'm not, I, I don't tend to write comedy. I'm not going to like, I don't want to write a comedy. I, um, we had a reading of cutting season in April and people were kind of like laughing in the scenes. And I was like, Oh God, was that funny? Like, yeah. I, 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 it's all inherently in there and it's like little situational funny moments, but like, it's not like a, we're, you know, it's not like. I'm not, I'm not writing it for laughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm trying to keep these scenes and the dialogues and the the scene, the little moments that happen. I'm trying to keep them in there because that is life. Drama, yes. if it's just all, if it's all just fucking drama the whole time, I'm like, I want to fucking kill myself. Yeah. But these drama and these sketchy movies and these sad movies, like there has to be lightheartedness in there somewhere. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to, your audience is going to turn it off and want to like take a pill. And so, um, yeah, I mean, Pitbull, like with Pitbull, the Pitbull script, I mean, there's, I I have to find the humor in that because that's sad, it's the saddest yeah. script I've ever <laughs> written, but like, but the first half of the movie is really cute and funny and like, there's, there's nice moments that I have to find, otherwise, they're going to turn it off. Yeah. And so, um, I'm actually working on, I, I had an idea for a, a script about a bodybuilder and a drag queen 
and the drag queen hires the bodybuilder as a personal trainer and they're working and they're both complaining about how because I used to train a, a famous drag queen uh, from RuPaul's Drag Race. I trained her at the gym uh-huh. and um, out of drag. Everyone's like, oh, did she come in high heels? I'm like, no. Um, <laughs> but she wanted to – we've been friends for a long time. She wanted to get in shape. So I trained her and we were just – I remember talking one day about how painful – and and expensive and dedicated bodybuilding is yeah. and how drag is the same and i was like i thought it'd be such a funny premise as if the bodybuilder said all right i'll do a drag show and you do a bodybuilding competition we'll see who has it harder what and i like that yeah and so i i started working on treatment and i started working on the treatment but like the treatment there like with the comedy you have like it's just like with drama you have to find the funny but with comedy you have to find the seriousness yes and and you know comedy is typically at the end of a comedy you're probably gonna cry for a moment mm. um otherwise it's just like that was stupid but like you have to find these heart moments and so with that treatment it's like i trust that these scenes will be funny but um i think like in comedy it's not like what oh christian wig said Story first, laughs second. Yes. And that's what I have in my head. I'm writing the story. The jokes will come. They will be there. If I cast a great a great drag performer, actor, they will – I let them do their thing. It will be hilarious. And then the end of the scene, we'll talk about – like it will be something the, – the, the drama will be there. But like the comedies – the comedy will be there. But I'm not like I'm – not, I'm not like writing jokes, jokes, jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But – but I'm, I'm, I want to try that because I, I, all I do is drama. Drama is easy. Comedy is hard. It is. Anyone can, anyone can make you like, you know, like laughs are fine, but like or, cr- crying's, cr- I can make you cry easy. Laughs are hard. Yeah, but I think that like you're saying with the dramas, the, the good dramas are those moments of real authenticity and, and kind of comedy at its finest is when it's like shit is so freaking real. It's almost unbelievable or it's, you know, when people are doing shit that is like so sad, it's so like actually sad. Somebody's going through something really hard and you wind up laughing because it's so, uh, I don't want to say pathetic, but you know, you see this character really struggling and it's like, you know, when you look at like, I, I, have you watched, uh, I've been watching Nathan Fielder's, uh, the rehearsal. I don't know if you've been watching that at all. Uh-uh. It is God, Nathan Fielder. He did Nathan for you. And this is this show called the rehearsal. And, uh, he has an episode of, <laughs> he makes a, he invents a, an acting method called the Fielder method. And he invites a bunch of, I don't want to ruin it too much, but he invites a bunch of actors yeah. basically to come and work on this thing. And it is so, uh, I don't want to say sad, but you see these, the desperation really is prevalent. And that, that yeah. real authentic kind of like desperation is hysterical. It is so uncomfortably yeah. hysterical when you can well, write that. It's like, Curb your enthusiasm. Yes. I can't watch it because it makes me so stressed because it's so real. Yes. And the, like it's – I'm like, oh my god. I hate this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny. But it is so funny. That's their whole premise. The show about yeah. nothing is not actually a show about nothing. It's the mundane things that we all wind up obsessing about. You know, like the, the person yeah. stealing your parking spot. You know, like that's a very real moment that happens every single freaking day. But, you know, the, the, yeah. the comedy comes out of the hysterical nature that people have. Um 
Yeah. I want to quickly talk about here too. Uh, just like you as an actor, I you know I didn't realize that you did. I don't know if this is actually accurate. You did fifty two episodes of the Haves and the Have Nots, or is that just like a uh, like? Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. Can you talk about how yeah. you? Because I I remember you telling me about this, how you got this. But I think people <clears> will be very <throat> interested to to know about how you got hooked up on that show with Tyler Perry and everything. Yeah, I got a call one day back in April twenty seventeen from my agent and they said, uh, Brock, Tyler Perry wants to talk to you. And I was like, Medea? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, what did I do? And he's like, I don't know, but he's going to call you. It might have something to do with the role, but like, he's going to call you tomorrow. And I was like, okay. So the next day I get a call from a block number, private number. And he's like, is this Brock Yurik? And I said, yeah. And he says, this is Tyler Perry. And I was like, What's up, dude? <laughs> like, like, but he, I felt like I was getting pranked. Yeah. And uh, he just – he said he saw my stuff on social media because I have the same name as one of his other actors, Brock O'Hearn. Uh-huh. So I think he just he just saw my name beneath his name on Instagram or something like that, saw that I was an actor and personally reached out to me and said, uh, I think you might be I'm, – I'm writing a new role and you might be right for it. Can I see you in anything? So I sent him T County. And he watched it and got back to me, called me. He was like, you you made this? And I said, yeah. And he says, like, you wrote and produced this? And I said, yeah. And he says, yeah, I, I love that. I think you're my guy. Let's do this. So kids, write and make your own shit. Heck even yes. If you, yeah. Seriously, like, even if, like, I can't watch this short film anymore because it's like, it's so, all I see are the, the cringe moments. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I can't watch it. But I was like, I don't care. He can watch it and loved it. And I was like totally cool that's fine i don't care yeah um i don't have to watch it but he was really impressed and so he said um i i think you're great like let's let's get you down here we'll start you off with five episodes like a five episode arc and see how you do and we'll just you know we'll go from there And i was like great so i went down for one day and they i was set for five episodes and I was thinking, okay, there's two scenes per episode. So they gave me 10 scenes. And these scenes are probably three to four pages long. It's a lot of dialogue because it's a soap opera, basically. And I was like, okay, I'll mem- I can memorize two scenes. We're probably not going to do more than two scenes on this first day. And then I'll probably come back and we'll do the next scenes. But I get there and like, I said, so what are we shooting tomorrow? And they go, um, we're shooting episodes one, two, three, four, and five. And I was like, what do you mean? They said, we're shooting all those five episodes tomorrow. And I said, so all those 10 scenes you sent me, I'm filming those tomorrow before I leave? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, I need to go memorize right now. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what in the fuck? And he goes, yeah, Tyler shoots very fast. He shoots about 100 pages of script per day. And I was like there's no way. And he's like, no, there is a way. And you'll, you'll learn it. You're going to learn tomorrow. You're going to figure out how this works tomorrow. You're going to be fine. Just memorize your shit. We got your back. We're going to make, we're not waiting. We're again, like we're not wanting for you to fail. We want you to succeed, but memorize your stuff and come in. It'll be fine. So I went in and I did five episodes. I shot all my scenes and it was like, you got one take, but the way that they do it is like, you know, if you and I are doing dialogue back and forth and if I go up on a line, we move back two lines and then we keep going and they just edit. Yeah. You know, they can edit that out and they can cut the be- the mistake. And when you call line, then it's fine. You don't want to call line every time, but they understand it's going to happen. Yeah. 
But, but I was like, okay, I got this. I was like, I got this. This is what I trained for. I'm going to just come in. I'm going to do a good job. And I did, and I did it. I did a good job. And I was like doing what I've been working on and I just kept it natural. And, and then he added me to three more episodes that day. He was like, he's, he, he just like, he threw me in three more scenes that happened to be in three episodes. So I technically did eight episodes that day. And and then he brought me back for another 11 episodes for the second half of the season. And he liked my character and continued on with it. And then brought me back for season, I did season five and a half, and then the second half of five. And then I did six, seven, and eight. So I think they were 15 episodes each season. And then I did 45 plus seven, must have been like the 52. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. That it's is, crazy. It's unbelievable. I, I make I, that, that stuff you yeah. can't make up. Like you cannot make up no. these. The, the whole scenario is one of the most perfect. I think like uh, actor artist story culminations that you know like like of all the things you could have sent something else and he wouldn't have liked it. But the fact that like you uh-huh. made something, you did it yourself. They were impressed by that. You went and had to be prepared and, and equipped with the skills to be able to perform yeah. in all those episodes. It's the perfect storm of talent meets Seriously. opportunity. Really? Totally. Oh. And I, I will say like, it felt like I won the lottery, but I also did a lot of work to get to that point. But also like, he could have never like, – you can do all the work, but if he doesn't see you on that Instagram, it would have never happened. So, yeah. yes, there is a part of it's, – it's, it really is like luck. But I when that luck happens, when that moment happens, you have that stuff prepared and you have it ready to email over really quick. Mm. And, and just show them that you do the work, do the work, have it ready to go because these opportunities ha- don't happen that often. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. That's such a People were like, story. oh, did you – did you move to Atlanta? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, well, you're doing those, those episodes. And I was like, we shot those in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we shot, he shoots, he shoots 15 episodes of, of his show in 10 days. Tyler Perry is a, a machine and he's got his own yeah. like kind of Disneyland out there of a studio. <laughs> it's insane, right? Yeah. I've, I've, he built yeah. his own version of the White House for one of his shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Unreal. he built his own White House. Unreal. He built his own ocean because he wanted to, He shot the scene in the ocean on a yacht, so he built his own ocean. Wow! <laughs> like, okay, you can't just go to the ocean. <laughs> no, no, just gonna make uh, a wave pool, and yeah, like that's just insane. Like when you have that kind of yeah. I mean, he's got it down to a science, and he knows what he's doing, so it's clearly working. And I think that things are only gonna get more kind of revolutionized. Things are only gonna get faster. Things are only gonna get shorter. Uh, you know, the fact that we've got content on a billion streamers on social media is we're watching things on our you know cell phone it's crazy i think uh it's, ins- yeah. it's it leaves a lot of opportunity for people like us to make content in different different ways i mean i'm kind of a purist and i like film and i like tv to you know i like the, those formats but uh i yeah. think there's opportunities for so many people to create and just get your shit out there whatever it is yeah um yeah. As an actor for you, uh, well, final final things here. I, like, what is you've worked on tons of different TV shows. You've gotten to work with you know celebrities in different capacities. One of my favorite movies that you did uh, was was Goat, and I just absolutely loved kind of like that whole like yeah. that whole scenario. But you've also gotten to work with you know uh, I think you did Kimmy Schmidt. You did uh, uh-huh. Succession. You right? You did Succession. Uh-huh. FBI recently. Mm-hmm. What of those mm-hmm. type of shows and being able to like you know go through that whole process. From audition to cast and working with, you know, sometimes the, the the stars or the celebrities. What has been kind of like your favorite um 
one of those interactions that's uh, that's stuck with you or as a as working as an actor? Oh, um, well, Titus Burgess during Kimmy Schmidt was hilarious. He was so nice and so cool and very much different than than you know Titus on the show. Yeah. He's like a he's a complete caricature of himself, but he was like he's actually very very like down to earth and very professional. And uh, so it was nice like to to talk to him like that. Um, I will say though. The one of the best memories I'll, I'll always tell the story is I got to be a featured extra in a movie called The Other Woman with Cameron Diaz and Leslie Mann and Kate Upton, and it came out in 2013, and we filmed that in 2012, and it was like it was I got to say one word on camera. And it was with Cameron Diaz. I didn't know I was going to be working with Cameron Diaz. I thought it was going to be an extra. And they like threw me behind the bar. And the director says, okay, so she's going to come up and she's going to ask for her order. And you go get the order. And this scene's going to happen. And then you bring the order back and she leaves. Mm-hmm. That's the scene. I said, okay, um, who? And he goes, uh, Cameron Diaz. I was like, cool. Um, but I like peed myself a little bit. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. And here in comes Cameron Diaz. She says, hi, I'm Cameron. And I was like, <laughs> sorry, sorry. And I go, I'm, I'm Brock. And she says, where are you from? And I was like, uh, uh, Ohio. And I went to college in, in Orlando. She's like, oh, great. that's nice. I'm from Tampa. And I was like, amazing. <laughs> and then like, she was so nice. And she, I mean, honestly, like when you're at that level, she could have just been like, Hey, what's going on? Yeah. You know, but she was like asking me questions about myself and I'm like, Oh, I love you. I always loved you, but I love you even more. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, just like, she was so nice and I've never, honestly, I don't think I've ever had a bad experience with anybody. Everyone on the Tyler Perry show was amazing. Everyone in that building is so sweet and so nice and just lovely. Mm -hmm. And so everyone on that cast was awesome. We had such a great time. Um, I'm trying to think of like, there's anything else that stands out. No one, I've never had a really bad experience with any famous people. Yeah. Um, Kieran was cool. We, we did succession. Kieran was great. Yeah. And, um, everyone on goat was really cool. Goat was, that was honestly like as a young actor, that was one of the funnest, craziest things I've ever been a part of. But I was very, very lucky yeah. to be a part of that thing. You know what I'm just remembering? Did you get to right? audition for that? No, I did not. But you know what I'm remembering oh. now too? As I remembered <sighs> because I was looking at your IMDB before we did this and uh, I forgot because I did a movie called Skook and I remember this was when I had met you in that area and they were like, they need somebody to do this thing. And I was like, oh, my buddy Brock would be so good for that. And I- <laughs> You got me in Skook. Yes. Yeah. yes. And I, I remember seeing you in this. I remember seeing you in Skook and I was like, oh my God, like, Paul's like a like a legit actor. Like, oh my god, I gotta get this level, man. Because what did I do for Scoop? You were like on the for like like, some on the beach, and you were like dating someone's mom or something. I can't remember what it was exactly, but I was like, I I just now remember coming back to me that you did. It was like it was like some sort of reality show you were part of. Oh my god, you're so right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, and I remember seeing it. I remember seeing you. I was like, there he is. There's Paul doing what he does, (laughs) and then. Okay, so then I, I just like that reminds me of this other little quick, quick little story. I remember, okay, there was a movie. Oh God, there was a movie, and it was a really dark movie about these like teenagers, and the one kid goes apeshit at the end, and he has like a machete, and it's not funny. It's like it's like he kills his friend or something like that, or tries to kill his friend because he gets jealous of his girlfriend, and it's like a, it's called something. I can't remember what it's called, but I'll figure it out and I'll let Get you know. Get out of jail. <laughs> yeah, it's it was Danny Danny Walton 
was a production designer, set designer, and he was a writer and he's done all the stuff. And he, he, and I are friends. Um, if you look up Danny Walton on IMDb, I'm sure it'll be there. But, uh, I remember years prior, he asked me, he's like, Brock, do you have any modeling pictures from back in the day? And I was like, Oh God, just Google me. And he says, yeah. Okay. So he, he asked me for some modeling photos from like when I was a little fucking wannabe model. And I let him, I was like, he's like, do I have your permission to use, I'm doing, I'm doing this movie and we have, we have a set and they, we just need some like pictures of hot guys. And I was like, yeah, sure. So he like, this was back in 2015 or whatever, 2021, I'm watching a movie and the girl goes up to her bedroom and she's sitting there with her best friend. And I'm like, that's me, that's me on her wall. That's me. Oh <laughs> my like, god! Like, I go, I go, oh my god! Like, and I go, Danny, was this the movie that you? Did? Do you remember five years ago when you asked me for pictures of myself? Was this the movie? And he goes, Yeah. And I go, I'm like <laughs> having this moment alone in my living room. Like, I'm like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, the meme of him being like, yes. like pointing at the TV from Once Upon a Time. Yes. That was me. I was like. <laughs> 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 that is so like, brilliant. It was so funny. She's like doing her makeup in the mirror, and I'm like, "Is that my naked ass on her fucking mirror?" It was so funny. Wow. Like I completely forgot about that. It's just such a weird life. You didn't, even get, such a you weird, didn't even get a credit. You didn't even get a credit for having your ass in the movie. Mm, no. I don't know. I don't want credit for that. <laughs> oh my no, god. No. Well, you no, know, no, no. you're also reminded. I mean, you got me in the movie that we did together, The Garden Left Behind. So we freaking have ping pong yes. for years, man. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. 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 That's right. Wow. Yeah. God damn. It's yeah. This is good I, times, dude. Uh. Well, so yeah, it's been crazy, and it's been so. I've been. I'm so happy you're here in L. A. What is? What is? You're, my, you're one of my oldest actor friends. I know. Yeah. Right back at you. Yeah. You are. That's why when yeah. you moved here, I was so excited to like know that there's someone who is from that environment and understands <laughs> kind of like that lifestyle mm. and to live that here because it's very different out here. What, like it, it there it, yeah. it, it is similar and they're like it's not a, it's not what people make it out to be. Like people like have painted very interesting pictures of New York and LA, I think, and I, I don't think it resonates with what I'm experiencing. But there are it yeah. is a different kind of way of looking at um filmmaking at the very least i think filmmaking is a different yes. way of looking at it what has been the thing you've missed most about new york and what is the thing you've been most nothing 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 <laughs> holy shit i was like wow ruthless no well no i'm what i miss <laughs> i'm joking sort of i'm with what you I so. miss is I miss my friends there. Yeah. I miss my my group, my 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 good people. My I have I had personal training clients in New York. I love them, and I love those. Like there are there's a, there's some people there in New York City that I'm like I miss you and I love you and I wish I wish we lived ten blocks away from each other. Yeah. I do not miss that life. Yeah. It's hard for your twenties. You know we were young twenties and we were hustling. We were working. We dealt with the with the stress and it is stressful. Mm -hmm. And when you are poor in New York City, it is not fun. And so you know taking the subway to go bartend for six hours and get home at four in the morning and then go do an audition the next day. It sucks. Dude, I remember and you so, going, I remember I was in my gym when I lived at 145th street and I'm on the treadmill and I yeah. see you walk in. I'm like, Brock, what the fuck? And you're like, yeah, I train a client here. I'm like, dude, you're hustling. You're going all over the place. Like that. I was like, yeah, that is like New York to me. When you just like that type of 
that motion. It's like always moving. There's never a quiet moment. And I, yeah. I still carry that yes. with me, like trauma, uh, unfortunately, out here. It, but um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a different beast. Yeah. Yeah, New York is New York was great for that time. It, I learned so much. I learned so many good lessons. And then, but I, I wanted to leave like 2018, 2019, when it was when I was like, I want to go to LA. It's time to go to LA. I don't want to be here anymore. I feel like I, as a big boy actor, I was like, I think they're going to appreciate me more in LA because yeah. they don't know what to do with me here in New York. I, I wasn't working as much as I wanted to. And there's not like action, big action, big boy movies happening here in New York. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm coming to LA. I promise I'm going to come to LA. And I was telling all my friends here, I was like, I'm going to move. I promise. And then 2020 happened, COVID happened. And I was like, okay, never mind. I'm going to Ohio. So I went to Ohio and I spent two years in Ohio, a lot of family time. And it was amazing. And then I realized that my two year anniversary was coming up. I was like, oh my God, March 16th of 2022, I will have been here for two years. And I, the world was opening up. Everything was going back to normal. And I was like, this feels like the perfect time to move to LA. I'm moving to LA. I can't be, I can't go back to New York. I don't want to. Mm. And so I was like, it's time for a new chapter. This feels like, again, like this is God saying, Brock, get your ass out to the West coast. And so I did. And I just found an apartment and I'm here now. And all my friends were out here. Anyway, you were out here. My friends, like all my, my actor buddies were out here. And I'm like, everyone that I, that's doing what I want to do is in LA. Yeah. So it was like, just do it, Brock. Just fucking do it. I'm, and I did. I'm glad you did. And I'm happy to have you here. Yeah. Uh, my gosh. Thank you for, for doing this podcast too. It's always a pleasure to, to, I mean, anytime I get to hang out with you, it's always a fun time. And, and that's why I'm, yeah. any, I was like, I got to have you on. And I, I had wanted to have you on. And I was like, after seeing you the other day and when we were working on your thing, I was like, I got to just have, have him on now. I was like, I got to have Brock on. It's yeah. such a great podcast. A final thing that we've Thank been you. doing here on the podcast, and it can be unrelated <laughs> to uh, the film industry industry or anything with this but you know as the nature of this is the points of experience podcast i like to ask people about experiences they've they've had in their life that really have had an effect on them that have either taught them a lesson or something that they they pass on or they carry with them whether it's you know uh something from a parent or they you know a saying they heard or an experience that they you've had that changed your life in some way for the better or informs something you do uh is there a particular moment that stands out as something that you'd like to share with people as an experience that you uh that you that really was kind of memorable oh my god i know it's a tough question but i think it's often the most impactful how are you gonna do this to me oh my goodness that's like such a good question man (laughs) oh so many things i guess i guess it really just I, i when i was younger my dad was not about to let me, um, uh, give up on myself. Mm. And he, when those CEP classes that I told you about, uh, the, for in middle school, he, I, I didn't want to go do those. I wanted to be one of the normal kids. I didn't want to go be a, uh, a smart freak, whatever. And he was like, you're going to, you, you tested, you are, you, you got into the classes, you're going to take them and you're not, like you are not going to – if you have an opportunity to be great, you are n- not ever to to let it go. Yeah. And I was like I, – I was like, I don't want to do it. And then I got in and I was like, oh, this is great. Mm. And and then he moved me to Florida and I went down kicking and screaming. I didn't want to go to Florida. I didn't want to move in high school. And then I get down to Florida and I was like, oh, this is great. 
And I thrived in theater. There was so much theater in Florida that I got to do these amazing things in Florida. Mm. And then with the weightlifting, with the bodybuilding, you know, he like pushed me to, to compete and, and I did. And so I think it all really all in any kind of therapy session, it all comes back to your parents. But I really think like the older I get, the more I realize that I'm exactly like my father. Mm. And I, I got to learn from, you know, his mistakes and I got to take the good from him and learn from the bad. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's really what I, that's like in general, I don't think it's one moment. There are many little moments sure. throughout my life that he, that he was like, you're going to go do fucking good things. You're meant for big, for big things. And you're not about to let that go to waste. Mm-hmm. And like graduating high school, like I remember kids got presents for graduating high school. And I was like, what are you guys going to get me? They're like, uh, nothing. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like, like what, do you think like, like graduating high school is not like a, it's not an option, Brock. Like you're going to go graduate high school. Yeah. You're going to college. You're going to go do this and you're going to finish college. Yeah. And you're going to like, like, that's not like a, we're not celebrating you. Like they did, they celebrated a party, but like, they're like, if you, don't even think about not graduating, yeah. you know, or don't even think about getting lower grades than you're expected to. You're going to get A's. You're going to do your best, and you're going to be be happy about it. And I was like, okay, but it was true. It was like you know, we so many people are afraid of doing good stuff and working hard, and they were just like not about to let me do that. They were like, no, you're capable of A's. Yeah. You're gonna get A's. I was like. You have the you potential to work hard. That's amazing, and it's uh, gosh, it yeah. was a very similar scenario for me. Not in that same way, but to 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 not. I think a lot of people growing up they overvalue kind of these social media moments, so to speak. I think we all feel like we're entitled to every experience that every other person you see in the world has online. So we feel constant this pressure of like my life is not like this. Why am I not getting this? And we start valuing our our lives that way and. Uh, I think you can find the moments to be appreciative of what you have in front of you and the things that you learn from your parents or you learn from your peers and friends. It's uh, it's social media is a very it's again it's like fucking Spider Man. You know, great power comes great responsibility. You know, it's crazy. I recently I recently deleted the Instagram app app off my phone. Yeah. And it's been lovely. Allie has done that. I deleted the Twitter app for me because I find that to be a little bit more of a text toxic cesspool than uh, mm-hmm. Instagram is. But yeah, I highly recommend that. Uh, Joe, I, mm. I, I saw you message me here. We typically have audience questions, but with you coming on uh, last minute, we're, Joe had a question for you. So Joe, you want to ask your question? Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, when Paul told me you were coming on, I kind of looked you up and I saw like your, you know, your... I guess I can see your personality through Instagram and I'm just like, man, this guy is like a shining example of what every person should strive for physically. Um, oh my God. Cause I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know anything about you, but you know, um, well you had I saw, you saw a cut know, of next big thing. You'd saw a cut of next big thing. Yes. yes. And I let, la- he, I laughed my ass off yeah. on that show too. So basically what would you tell an unmotivated, unhealthy person? <laughs> Not me, but someone I know. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, to just like, I guess, get started and like just stop all the, you know, the unhealthy food and stuff like that. I guess for someone who deep down wants it but can't quite shake the, 
lifestyle, I guess. Mm. If I'm saying. Oh God, that's that's so. Dude, I, I don't know because my first my gut my gut instinct is like you can't want it for them. Um, oh, yeah. with anything like you can't like you. Uh, they have to want it themselves. They have to like, unless they're saying how, like, okay, I want to start doing the research. I, I'm going to, I'm going to take this free time that I have. And instead of going to go eat, I'm going to sit, I'm going to look up a workout. I'm going to go, you know, like take them to the gym. You could take them to the gym. You could take them running and say, Hey, wake up. We're waking up and we're going running. Um, or, uh, God, start start throwing out all the shit that they have in their house. You need to go through them, go through their house with them, and take out all the garbage and all the junk food. And then, um, oh God, it's such a, it's really tough because it's such a big life change that unless right. they want it, they're not going to do it. Mm. And so another thing, a, a big thing that they, they, they should do, this is what I tell people when they ask me for advice, like, how do I start getting more fit? I say, hire a coach. Mm. They go, yeah, I know. But like, I also don't like, no, no, no. Hire a coach, spend <laughs> money, spend money. Because once your money's involved, then it's something that you can't just like not do yes. because yeah. you're losing money on it. Yeah. So I, I've, I've had coaches for the past five years. I hired coaches to take me to the gym and take me through nasty workouts because I wanted to get bigger and I wanted to look right for the movie. So I'm not going to do that on my own. I'm not ever going to work as hard without somebody yelling at me that I paid for. Mm -hmm. So they have to, I would say hire a coach because that takes it from like, I could go to the gym today, but I'm not really going to no bitch. You're going at 12 noon to go meet your coach or you lose out on 50 bucks. Um, You're wasting your own money. So I would say, look up a coach, start going to a gym and ask them if they have any coaches or trainers or look on Instagram and see if there's any coaches close to them. Um, but yeah, if your money's not involved, you're not going to do it. That's such a great way to look at yes. it because you can easily just be like, eh, forget the gym. Like I don't lose anything by not going. Besides, yeah. like, it, It's such a great way to look at it. And that's exactly yes. kind of what, why I asked the question because – you know, everyone just tries the newest diet or supplement or whatever, and then they fall off after a yeah. week, and they're like, okay, cool, <clears throat> time to just do the easy thing. But when you're spending money, yeah. you know you're going to freaking do it. Mm-hmm. Most of 99% of the time, like, you're going to do it. So. Yeah. So many people will ask me for my diet. Or like, can you write a diet out for me? And I'm like, yeah, sure, 100 bucks. And they go, what? <laughs> and I'm like, bro, I am not giving you my free diet for free. You're going to look at it. And you're going to just throw it away. Yeah. When you pay a hundred bucks for it, you're going to follow it. Ah. So don't waste my time. Don't waste my time ha- asking me to give you all this information that I've also spent many years, you know, working towards and trying to figure out. But like I've, you know, it's like asking a, a, anyone to do their job for free. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you're not going to appreciate it and you're going to, you're going to take it for granted until you pay for it. And so. You know, you never do something that you're good at for free, right? You know what? We're investing money in groceries too. That could be like kind of pseudo. You spent money. You better eat the healthy food. Yeah. Yes. That's kind of the same thing too. Yes. You're gonna spend so you're gonna spend so much more money too on fast food. But like, go you know, go to the grocery store and go get that chicken. And then when you throw that chicken away a week later because you didn't cook it and it went bad, you're gonna feel really shitty. Mm. It's your money. So like cook that food and eat it. 
Amazing. Great question, Joe. I think that was a fantastic yeah. question. Um, yeah. Brock, thank you for, for coming on and for blessing us and blessing me with this opportunity to chat with you because your yeah. energy just puts me in such a fucking fantastic mood. I am so excited yeah. and happy. Uh, I just think you're the tits. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming this by. Is, is there uh, So uh, is there anything you want to plug? I know that the, the, the Instagram for your film, is it still <clears throat> under test film on like Instagram and stuff? Where can people find? Where, what do you want people to find and where can, yeah. they, can, where can <clears throat> they find it? My my personal page is much more active. Okay. I'm, I'm posting really on, on at, at Brock Urich, B-R-O-C-K-Y-U-R-I-C-H. Yep. And we'll link Just that it. in the notes as well. Yeah. So, um, but great, man. We're I'm excited yeah. to see the film. I can't wait for you to to tell me about Thank the next uh, motion that you have with it and your other projects. You're someone who uh, I it's going to be so uh, amazing to watch like your uh kind of your brilliance be presented on like even bigger stages as it keeps going you know i think it's just going to be so exciting thank and you. uh fun um thank you for coming on thank you for for chatting and uh well i hope to see you soon and i hope you have a good time wherever you're thank going you. i know you're you're traveling so and have a good have a good flight yeah thanks thanks paul yeah, of course this is great thank you for having of me of course thank you joe thank you so thank much you yes 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 <laughs> give it up for everybody here but brock thank you for yes. coming on it's been a pleasure How fun was that, dude? How how great is he? What a guy! Um, one of the most magnetic electric people I know, and it's like he he is that is just genuinely who Brock is. He's such a a bright, funny, like real person. There's like no bullshit that comes out of his mouth, and I love him yeah. for that. Uh, he's just he's so he's so talented too. That's the other part is he is such a good actor. And as I was, I asked that question about him, you know, being perceived because he is in such really good shape and he's a very athletic person. If, because I know his potential could be limited by, you know, when you see like someone typically like The Rock, you know, like you're like, oh, that person can't do um, yeah. the sensitive roles or whatever it might be. But he is such a good actor and he's so funny. Um, I think ultimately, however, he decides to stay physically i think he's just gonna shine once this industry like truly understands his potential i mean he's already done such fantastic stuff but it's a thing it's it's only the beginning like i feel like we're still like on, on the first step yeah i mean like when i looked at it has at his instagram i was just like oh this guy can physically kill me if i was in yeah. the same room as him <laughs> and then when the <laughs> as the podcast went along i was like oh and he's also super genuine and nice like, what a what a dude yeah yeah Great he episode. is the total antithesis of what people think when they think of like Jim douchebag, as he said in the <laughs> intro thing, like he is such the opposite of that. And yeah, um, yeah, when we were writing our show, Next Big Thing, I had him in mind because we had based that show that I had made, which was called Next Big Thing at the time, the gamer comedy pilot, uh, around friends of mine that I grew up with. And the one friend that I had, his name was Joe, who you know, he was an, he's an accountant, and he was like, he's always doing jujitsu. Are you talking he was about working me, out. dude? Not you, my <laughs> no, friend know, Joe, who you also know, who yeah, you've spoken yeah, yeah. to. Uh, and he's like, you know, he works out at the gym all the time. He really cares about his body, he cares about his health, and he's an accountant, and he hates his job, and there's such rage for the people he works with. Yeah. And when we wrote it, there was that, that was like the character, right? It was kind of one-dimensional. But then when I knew Brock, I'm like, he would be so perfect for this role. He made the character what it was because he created this element of like such like genuine nice comedy like he was the sweetest gentlest yeah. soul but then when things came 
at him that he didn't like or his mundane job, he would lose it. And he couldn't, like, he didn't take the bullshit. So he took that character and revolutionized what it was. And it's because of how brilliant he is as an actor and how genuine he is as a person. So I owe a lot to uh, to him, and he's just fantastic. I hope we get to do more with that show. It was hard during the, the pandemic and all that stuff, and maybe we'll talk about that at another time. But Yeah, I, I've been waiting for that for... For how how many years ago did you show me the pilot? Gosh, I mean, or, we filmed it you know. in 2019 or 2018. I can't remember. So you know, but it's hard. Like we were saying, independent film, it is hard to make something, and we we it was hard for us to get that off yeah. the ground. And ultimately, what we wound up here's the short story version. We sold the show to a content studio, a studio that makes stuff. They were going to take our idea and develop it with us. So that was the first thing. Great, we're excited. We're, we're on board. We have someone who bought our stuff. And then they were taking too long with this thing. And, and partially for me, it was kind of my impatience. And after like a certain period, it was like six months, we had like no updates of what was going right. on. And we don't know if it was just the wrong people who had it or the market wasn't ready for something like that. But we wound up saying we want to take our show back because yeah. we were also not – we didn't want to compromise. We didn't want to compromise and say these actors who we believed in and created these characters, they, they can't be a part of it. Because a lot of people will tell you that. We love your idea, but we want to – for lack of a better example, close your ears if you don't like profanity, they're going to star fuck it where they cast all celebrities and that's what sells the show. I didn't want that to be what this was. Uh, it was important for me that the people that had done like a teaser that we originally had did and then we wound up shooting the pilot and helped yeah. me do the, the read through, countless read throughs and all these things. So after that, we wound up meeting a new streaming platform. And this new streaming platform is like, we want you to be our premier show. We're going to put all this money into it, blah, 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 blah. They wound up taking, we signed an agreement, a shopping agreement with them. And they were going to pitch it to various like uh, companies to do uh, brand product placement and shit. And that's how we could get away with funding it and also keeping everybody we wanted in it. And then that company went under in the pandemic. So we're not to say that that door is still not open it's just we have to recalibrate in this new world that we're in and it's also kind of like building blocks and here's a great lesson for independent filmmakers you know sometimes you do something and it doesn't go to where you want it to be but for me what I was able to do after kind of like getting these next steps was be like okay we've got this to this place but now I'm gonna now that I'm taking this step back I'm gonna try and build up another pillar to help reinforce this house you know, we've built up the one pillar and the house is a little wobbly. I'm going to go back down and build up another pillar. And that other pillar is my career as an actor and having a career in the video game industry as a voice actor. Yeah. And that has been reinforcing me as a creator of a show about gamers. So, you know, when I don't like the idea of like, you know, I made something it was for nothing. Um, because we're very much still pushing no. this content and, uh, we hope to do a version of it because what we had made four years ago, isn't necessarily like we wouldn't put that show out that we had made then today. The zeitgeist is vastly different. We wrote that in 2016, you know, the gaming right. industry is so much different. So we hope that there's, uh, a lot of what we had initially set out to do, just another version of that. I hope we, we were able to show studios that were able to make content like that so that's the long-winded story about it listen um, and your sh your show still even if it's different times your show still holds up to this day because i think i saw i think it was paramount released a new gaming show and i watched the trailer and and i was like they're getting this all wrong like yeah it's not like, – listen, I didn't watch the show, so it might actually be good. I auditioned for that show, by the way. I auditioned the, for the main character of that, yes. So the main character, they named him like Cream Cheesecake Cheese. or something. Yeah, Cream Cheese. Yeah. And I'm like, 
okay, yeah, I guess maybe it's like a comedy or whatever. But what you did with the gaming, you know, community type of game of show was the best approach to it. Like create real scenarios. Like they just put some guy named him something funny and put him in like League of Legends like championship or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I mean, it could be a good show, but I'm just saying like your idea of you know the the, <laughs> the game store and yeah. local friends and just being so much more i guess relatable to an average person cuz the average person doesn't compete in the LCS like it, no it's there's a big difference and listen dude you keep blowing yourself up you'll be able to produce well you produced it but you'll be able to fund your own freaking show and put it out yeah. there for finally for everyone to see it so that door is not closed indefinitely and thank you yeah. but it's uh it's like like what they were doing i understood and i read the scripts and i appreciated it and whatever and I'm, i was like honestly i was one of those moments where i had my audition i'm like i did such a better job i think but granted just a different show than what I understand why they went with that guy. You know what I mean? My, my, uh, and I don't know what the reviews are of that show, but like what we came towards was like making gaming relatable for everybody. And I think a lot of things are trying to do that, but like even Brock, he doesn't consider himself a gamer. He's a gamer. Like, you, you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he sits and plays Zelda and the, uh, uh, Pokemon and, and crafts, you know, things. Like, everybody has gaming in their life in one way or another, whether it's them playing Candy Crush or them, you know, uh, uh, Smash Brothers, Mario Party. Like, gaming is a part of so many people's lives, and they, they try to, like, deny it. Um, so, yeah, we hope to to bring that back in a certain capacity. But Brock is is a pillar of what we were trying to create, and his uh, hilarity is, is what makes that show so funny. I mean, all of my scenes are with Brock yeah, basically yeah. in in our show and we have a little dynamic where he accidentally is streaming on the computer like I had to run to the bathroom and I'm in the middle of a ranked match and I make him sit and play for me and yeah, he's not yeah. good and he's like get he's like he winds up becoming a huge meme out of flipping <laughs> out and raging because he didn't realize I was streaming it's a very funny little bit I, and yeah. he's hysterical at it he does so well at playing like this person who came into internet fame unexpectedly and he kind of like lets it go to his head um, but yeah, Brock, fantastic guy. And, uh, he, uh, you know, I, I'm so happy he lives here. It's like, again, you meet these people along the way, you wind up meeting so many different acquaintances and, uh, that's the beauty of this industry and people like him are, are what make me want to keep making it because collaborating with someone like him who gets it, who wants to make real shit and loves what he does is, I mean, I credit New York a little bit for it, but he is a, he's a real artist, and I can't wait to see his new film, Cutting Season. Um, he's also working on another script that he, he talked about a little bit. as a Pipple script, and I, I read, and it was really exciting. Um, but yeah, Cutting Season uh, is, is going to be great, so he's, he's getting it done very soon. So keep your eyes peeled for that, and make sure you check him out on social media. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Review? Rev- uh, everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. Everywhere. Go outside your house. Tell the nearest person to listen to points of experience. Yeah, just do and it. go outside and uh and 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 if you want to work out, go and work out. Right, as Brock said, like yeah. go and just and go fucking do it. Just, just go do it. do it. Spend yeah. spend some money so you feel invested, and that you'll guilt you'll trick yourself into becoming a better person. That was just mm. awesome advice. Yeah, I'm yeah, still, really. I'm still like, really, I can trick myself into doing this, and it's I actually think... good. Yeah, I think a lot of people, they try to invest in things and they get a little over eager, but I think health and fitness and you can feel it. 
when you do it. Like when you, you, you feel that financial investment when you do it and you feel oh, it on yeah. your body. So you have to kind of re reprogram your, your, your brain. And if and, you're even 1% stubborn, you will not lose that money invested. You will try. Yeah. <laughs> if you're stubborn at all, you will be yeah. like, no way. make this work. Yeah. I, I have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. When I was learning Japanese, what I did was I put all my money into this account. Like I put like $500 down for lessons. So I knew that I had to get my money's worth through my yeah. Japanese lessons because I wasn't getting it back. I was like, I'm going yeah. to these lessons. I already paid for it. It's done. So I think I love that mentality. It's a great one. Um, Cool. Uh, stick around for next week's episode. As always, keep writing in your questions. Info at points of uh, info at points of experience podcast dot com, and uh, we'll we'll see you all soon on the next one.